Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the King James Radio Network, your radio home for North Brunswick Raiders sports. Timothy Christian Tigers basketball, Restoration Place, the ladies of our turf football, and the Jersey Basketball Association. Raiders football this season is presented by the North Brunswick Baseball and Softball Association, Route 1 Dental, and the Cal team at Remax Country in Milltown. We are live at the Green Turtle on 211 Main Street in North Brunswick, New Jersey to meet the coaches of North Brunswick Raiders football on the King James Radio Network. Trillo with Bailey to his left. Four wide receivers, two to each side, out of the gun, hands off to Bailey. 35, trying to get around the edge. 35, 40, 45, breaks the tackle, 50, 45, four side, 40, 35, 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown North Brunswick Raiders, Miles Bailey. Young, out of the gun, takes the snap, and drops back, looking, throws it deep ball over the middle, and it's intercepted. Brandon Outlaw with the pick. This has been the Brandon Outlaw third quarter. So Petrillo under center. Out formation, he's going to try to sneak it in, and off by tackle, he gets in. Touchdown, North Brunswick Raiders. Christian Petrillo gives the Raiders the lead. And it is a pleasant Saturday afternoon to one and all. We welcome you to the Green Turtle right on the Main Street Shopping Center in North Brunswick, New Jersey, where it is Meet the Coaches of North Brunswick Raiders football year number two. We are live here in the back room at the Green Turtle. Of course, my thanks to all the folks here at the Green Turtle for you know, their help. And so my name is Corbett Thompson at jamesisking.com. As we cover North Brunswick Raiders football, this will be our eighth season covering the Raiders here on the network. And again, we are live here at the Green Turtle and uh, you know, Sports Bar and Grill. Here with the MBTHS Touchdown Club, led by Dean and Blair Petrillo, and also the coaches. Most of the club, I believe, I believe all of the coaches are here. All eight coaches are here for the North Brunswick Raiders football team this year. And we will talk to each one of them about their aspirations for the 2018 football season. Head coach Mike Seipot in his second year at the helm here with the Raiders and so you know it's going to be people you know popping in and out throughout the course of the afternoon here so we'll be with you for the next couple of hours and again just to go over you know what this coaching staff wants to accomplish for this North Brunswick Raiders football team here in the upcoming season and you know first of all you know when we started in 2011 you know, of course, there was no green turtle wasn't even around back then in this area. There was no green turtle. There was no uh, anything else. No, there, you know, King James Radio Network had just came about in 2011. And, you know, so to see where that has gone to to this year, to the present day, it's almost like night and day. But just sticking to last year, you know, just to, for the purposes of, of these discussions, you know, sticking with last year uh, when Mike Seipot and his staff, first took over 
here at North Brunswick. And, you know, keep in mind the Raiders had been down for five straight years. They had had one and two win seasons. They had had like six wins in the previous five years combined. And things were pretty, pretty bad uh, any way you sliced it. And it just seemed like the Raiders couldn't get out of their own way at times. And then uh, Mike Sipot came in, took over, brought in his staff, kept some guys from uh, the previous regime uh, and uh, you know, that type of, type of thing. But he still, for the most part, you know, brought in his own guys and, you know, really formed a staff that, A, for most of the staff are, are North Brunswick guys. Um, you know, John Viato is a South Brunswick guy coming over to North Brunswick, so he at least understands, you know, what's going on as far as uh, the area and things like that. But bringing in uh, mostly North Brunswick guys and, you know, trying to form the winning culture that was here in the past. If you go back to, you know, Mike Saipot's era, for example, in his playing days, uh, late 90s into 2000, 2001, you know, that's when he played and he wanted to bring a lot of that back to North Brunswick and the Raiders football team. And the Raiders had a successful year last year in terms of a winning record. First time they've had a winning record in six years. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think. First time they've had a winning record in. I'm trying to think. 2011. I should have brought my. Uh, I should have brought my chart here. But um, they made the state playoffs last in 2011. So I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't remember off the top of my head what their record was. I should know that. But and I should have brought my uh, my chart here. But um, basically, second time, second time in this uh, this decade. You know, the Raiders have had a winning record. Their last division title was in 2010. And uh, so it's been a while. And so the Raiders will try to get off on the right foot once again this year. Now, of course, you know, last year, the Raiders lost the first two games, lost to St. Joe's in Colonia, and then reeled off a six-game winning streak and, you know, went on their way from there to the state playoffs. But, you know, we'll see if the Raiders can get off to – Either a 1-1 one one start or a 2-0 and oh start this year is not going to be the least bit easy. They've got St. Joe's in Game 1, and then they've got Sayreville in Game 2. So, you know, the Raiders don't catch a break here in these first couple of games. But, yeah, North Brunswick finished 5-5 five five in 2011. So 2010 would be the last time then before last year that the Raiders, you know, had a winning record. So... Things have certainly changed. The expectations have changed. Yeah, the Raiders were 8-3 in 2010. So things have certainly changed. The expectations have changed. And it's a, it's a different era now with the Sipod era. All right. So with that being said, of course, the Raiders come back with senior quarterback Christian Petrillo. Also, junior running back Miles Bailey, who's gotten you know, at least you know, three offers from you know Big Ten schools, big-time Division One schools. I know uh, Michigan with, let's see, Minnesota, rather. Minnesota uh, is one of those schools in the offering. But Miles Bailey, I know Rutgers has taken a look at him here in the local area. And so he's gotten, he's looked at six schools. He's gotten offers from three. So, you know, Miles Bailey really forging his name, not only in North Brunswick lore, because Miles Bailey has exactly 2,000 rushing yards in his two years with the Raiders. He's got a chance this year, this year, to break the all-time North Brunswick rushing record held by Aaron Jackson at 3,278 yards. So Bailey only needs another 1,278 to get to that. He had 1,487 yards in 2017. So not, you know, certainly a distinct possibility. Uh, Pushon Brown, who is the offensive coordinator for the North Brunswick Raiders, we'll be talking to him here this afternoon. 1,902 yards is the single-season rushing record. So that's what he has. And, and so 
both Petrillo and Bailey looking to make their way up the North Brunswick record books you know, before the season is done. Um, Petrillo, you know, senior quarterback, he's a southpaw, he's a lefty, and he can move with his feet, he can throw it with his arm, and so a dual threat quarterback, and the Raiders just had their recent scrimmage against Neptune yesterday and uh, really took it to the Scarlet Flyers. And so, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it looks like our first guest has arrived here at the table. And uh, so I'll have him go ahead and flip the headset on right there. So he is in charge of the wide receivers and the secondary. And one of the new coaches to the Raiders here in North Brunswick, Raheem Byram. Yes, sir. And uh, so glad you glad you made it. I didn't I didn't think you were I was told you weren't going to make it today. So good yeah. thing I wrote something for you. Yes, thank you. I had to be here. I had to be here. <laughs> Wouldn't miss for anything. Uh, but now I'll I'll throw this at you uh, first. You know, being uh being the new guy. Yes. Um, do you feel like? You're able to just, you know, come and jump in with both feet. I've seen you out there on the sideline. You got the hat on. And yes. I, do, uh, so do you feel like, you know, the coaches have you know, welcomed you to where you can jump in with both feet and just be yourself and, and not have to walk on eggshells? Absolutely. It's like just, just joining to a, a good family. Like they say, we're together. So, I, I, And, of course, I played with John before, so it's just like me joining in, in the brotherhood. I've always been a brother to the side pods. <laughs> just extended. But for the most part, I've been welcomed. Open arms. Is there, is there something? Is there, are there any? As far as you know, your first your few weeks, are you kind of just taking everything in, or do you do you have a lot of input right away? Uh, which way does that go? What I try to do is I try to implement the uh, physicality part of it. I try to implement the uh, mental toughness. Uh, so for me to come in is is a blessing for me to make sure that all our kids get what they need for the fifth quarter, as I call it, the different quarter. So this is the quarter that other teams probably won't think of, but this is the quarter I think about for the most part while the coach is doing what they do. So I jump right in when it comes to um, when it comes to the physical training part of it, when it comes to the mental toughness and getting through and, you know, third and fourth down and sometimes a fifth down. <laughs> we need those things, you know, and, and I, I just bring the extra. I try to bring the extra. So I jump right in and they open me, they, they let me have the, the uh, room to do what I need to do to make sure that these guys get better every day. Now, you play you play football in high school, right? Yes. Yeah. What uh, what type of are you the same type of coach that you were as a player? Absolutely. I'm a motivator as, as well. I was the same as the same as a, a basketball player or a football player. Uh, I led the team. I was also a captain. So for me, it was easy to come right in and just motivate the team and, and do the little things that 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 mattered to make sure to help us win. So I'm doing the same thing here on the coaching staff, doing the little things that they don't recognize or that we can't recognize as a whole. We might not see it, we miss it. I just do the little stuff to make it count so it can help us win. Now, I know you've been involved in a lot of the Pop Warner programs around this area. Yes. Um, what do you uh, – do? are you familiar with uh, a lot of the guys that you have on this team right now? Yes, absolutely. i actually seen these guys grow up. And it's uh, funny that this same team that we're facing, that they actually faced – the team that we're facing being St. Joe's, mm-hmm. uh, Miles Bailey, guys like that, Miles Bailey, Outlaw, um, uh, Brandon Outlaw, I mean um, – and Manny, these guys had already faced these guys before previously, so this is basically a reunion. So this might be fun because I, I believe, I, if I'm not mistaken, these guys played in a championship together at one point, or were going to a championship. And no brothers played Franklin, where they were originally from, and them two guys played, which is Wyatt and Davis. So you know, it's a familiarity there in which we'll be able to see them compete again on this next level, which is a better and bigger stage. So this will be all right. St. Joe's coming up in week one, five days from now on Thursday night at Steve Lebro Field. Um, 
Now, you, you you handle the receivers, correct? Yes. Okay. Do you guys feel like you need a, a, a number one receiver, a go-to guy? Uh, Manny, uh, I'm trying to think. Manny Herrera led the team in yeah. catches last year. Yeah. Is there? Do you guys have a number one or no? Each each guy going to get a turn. We got a lot of talent out there. It's going to be spread it out pretty well. But uh, what I do, the way it's to be coached up is the way we are or I am brought in to coach it up is that each guy going to get a chance. You know, and, and more than likely, everybody's ready, to be honest with you. And you also handle the secondary as well. Absolutely. What's – is speed the most important, you know, for for a safety or, or a corner, or are there other factors? Other factors, the main factor, which is football smarts. Football smarts is a big deal. Football smarts is one of the things that we really need at that time. Um, we need guys that can think, think, on their, think fast, think on their feet, and also – carry speed you know carry discipline so for, for the most part it's, it's really about just them guys knowing their assignment and knowing their alignment and knowing what they is knowing what it is that they have to do and our guys be excited and have fun out there you know and that's the, that's what i do i motivate them to have fun and then they motivate each other i know i saw you in the first scrimmage against uh delaware valley you were uh you were you know, ready to have some guys do, you know doing some running how much will conditioning you know come into play here Oh man, this is the best thing that that, that that they could bring me on for, man. This conditioning for us is a big, 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 big thing because we need to. Again, I re, I always reiterate the fact that that fifth quarter, we need that fifth quarter. A lot of people don't know what that's like to play in the fifth quarter. I'm not talking overtime. I'm talking fifth quarter, or they consider this the second gear. Second gear, fifth quarter, all run parallel. But to me, I think we need that to get to the next level which is why i let them run or or, or, or uh, made them participate in a run after the scrimmage people thought it was over hey we, we had a good day but we need a little bit extra if i see a guy bending over that's not acceptable to me we need to be standing up in the fourth quarter literally standing up <laughs> you know so you mentioned you know but you touched on a little bit uh, your mentorship role yes how much of it how much of this as far as you know, technically your title is coach but yes. How much of it is being mentor, teacher, coach? Is it kind of split evenly, or one does one over, overwrite the others? I, I try to keep it even kill. I try to make sure that each aspect of what I could bring to the table as a mentor, coach, or teacher, I try to make sure that it's even across the board because each kid could take something away from what it is that we're teaching them. So if it's a life skill, you're, you're being late to practice, or if it's a, a situation where, like, a kid don't know an assignment, I can go to the board and tell him, look, this is how you do it. Or there's a situation on the field in which he's puzzled a little bit. I can actually get out there and show him, put him in place to be successful. My whole thing is to make sure that these kids get an opportunity to be successful in their future. A lot of times a lot of coaches don't partake in that, but we have a good group. I'm pretty sure there's some around that do it, but our main focus, our main focus, North Brunswick, is to make sure that we do this thing together and that these kids get a better and brighter future. So to be successful is where we're at. Talking with Raheem Byron, who handles the wide receivers and the uh, secondary for the North Brunswick Raiders football team as they get ready for St. Joe's opening night, uh, five nights from now, August 30th. What uh, what attracted you to this to this uh, to this job here? You know, was it just uh, Coach Saipod? Maybe you probably know him from you know back in the day, or or were there some other things? Oh man, it was it was the it was the excitement. I came to uh, North Brunswick. I came to a North Brunswick South Brunswick Thanksgiving Day game, but it wasn't on Thanksgiving, of course. But the day I went there, I realized like I need to be out there. <laughs> I need to be out there. It's something I could bring to the table. It's something extra that I can do in any way form I can help. 
it was it, it would have been a plus either for me because it could sometimes help me because it's feeling something that I always wanted to do and I can help them to make sure that they get to where they need to be, be the extra or the difference that they call it. <laughs> and and Coach Saipa, he, he he welcomed me with open arms. He actually called me, man. That was like the the best day ever for me because I always did want to coach. He gave me the opportunity to do that again. And what are your expectations for the season? They're coming off of a winning season last year, so obviously you want to take it a step further. But what are your expectations for the season? I got a slogan I live by, a slogan that we live by. Anybody can get it and everybody go get it. So wherever that takes us, that's where we're going to go. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Again, uh, by the way, my, my last question for you, I, I was yes. going to ask Push on this. I see both of you guys wearing the top hat there. Yeah. Who, who has the better hat? Actually, I had to I had to copy off Pushon. He been here before me. <laughs> all right, so you'll concede to Pushon there. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. all right. Sounds good. Again, Raheem Byram uh, in charge of the wide receivers and the secondary for the Raiders. And again, one of the new coaches here as we get ready for the 2018 season. So, you know, thanks for, for a few minutes. Not a and uh, welcome aboard. Not a problem. And, uh, you know, look forward to look forward to seeing you, you know, on the sideline this year. And, and uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, want to improve on that, that six wins that the Raiders have. So I'm sure you'll contribute to that uh, in, in any way you can absolutely thank you for having me all right no Appreciate problem it. all right yep you can put that there so again Raheem Byram nice enough to come by here and you know you heard uh you know just wants to you know, contribute try to help out any way he can and uh you mentioned his mentorship that you know that he's involved in uh he mentors young kids and he can bring that to the high school level and uh, also uh, you know, just very serious about conditioning, about the fifth quarter. You know, that was the thing that you know he talked about repeatedly, the fifth quarter, you know, that that extra something that you need at the end of a game. You know, if it's a you know close game, one score game, two score game, whatever it is, you know, that extra element, that intangible uh, that guys need to pull through. So uh, I want to thank Mr. Byron for, for stopping by for a few minutes. So when we come back, let's see, I'll see if Paul Day is here. Uh, he is a varsity, ass a varsity assistant with the Raiders. I'll see if he is here, and then we will uh, move forward from there. So let's see here. I'm going to put this aside. Uh, let's see. Okay, yep. So what we'll do is we'll come back, and we'll talk to Paul Day on the other side of the break. This is Meet the Coach. Oh, I see. We're going to have – I see. So – We'll go ahead, go ahead, come on in. We'll, we'll take a break. We'll come back. And actually, Char uh, Char uh, Chris Moore will come in, and uh, we'll talk to him. So we'll come back on the other side on the King James Radio Network. Dana and Lisa here from Our Turf Football to tell you that the Our Turf podcast is up and running. Did you know that women make up over 45% of all NFL fans and counting? Here at Our Turf, we have our own take on what's happening around the National Football League with special features previews, reports from our official fan reporters covering each team, and interviews with players and personalities who have the scoop on what's happening. Women are in the know when it comes to football, and it's time the rest of the world knew it too. Our Turf Football is every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on the King James Radio Network at jamesisking.com. It'll be second down and 10 from the 47-yard line. Four wide receivers, two to each side for the Ramblers. Break out of the shotgun. Here comes a blitz. Dolo's got him. Kawana Dolo. Dolo came on the blitz and nailed him. A solo from Dolo. 
Yes, that was uh, last year, Dolo. Uh, getting in on a sack, one of the linebackers for the Raiders. And so I have with me linebackers and special teams coach Chris Moore. He is with me here from the Green Turtle as we meet the coaches of Raiders football. So, Coach, welcome back. I appreciate it. Thank you, Corbin. Thanks for having us. Uh, no, no problem. Um, so, Dolo, unfortunately, Dolo doesn't come back for you. He, he moved out of state, and you know, so a little bit of a void there. Um, and I thought he had some good moments for you guys. You know some of the some of the holes that you have to fill. You know what's the what's the process there? So um, right now, obviously, we return our two outside backers last year who both got 10 games varsity experience, Sean Brahini and Manny Herrera. Um, we are in the process right now. You know, we evaluate kids in practice and see how they do, going through the drills and um, you know scrimmage and all that. And so far, our, our middle linebackers, we have we have two middle linebackers that are new. That are playing for us and play against St. Joe's, um, in uh, Tyrell Pereira and Chris Arnold, who's a transfer from Piscataway, and so far they've been playing very, very well. We've been very excited with how they've been playing. Been very physical, two big kids, about 225, 230 pounds. So we've been very excited what they've brought to the table. For those of you North Brunswick historians out there, you know, Chris Arnold Jr., uh, Chris Arnold Sr. played for the Raiders uh, back in the day. And I used to, when I do my research on uh, like this date in Raiders football history or something like that, his name usually comes across uh, the papers quite often. Yep. Uh, you know, big time running back for the Raiders. Um, as far as, I'll, I'll come back to linebackers, but I'll, I'll go to special teams. What's the most difficult part of special teams Um you know, is it uh, punt block? Is it return? What's the most difficult thing to teach? Um, I think each one has their own specific challenges. I mean, Coach Saipot's very uh, generous with giving us time during practice to go over it, and we really rep it a lot. Um, I, I, you know, I think I think the toughest thing is getting our snappers to snap the ball efficiently. That's something that, you know, if you look a lot of high school programs – uh, really struggle with, and if you, you were at the Neptune scrimmage, you saw that they were struggling with it as well. So that's usually like the the whether it be an extra point snap or uh, a punt snap. That's usually the the toughest dynamic in my my opinion. Um, a lot of, a lot of special teams is hustle and the willing to want to do it. And so far, so good with our kids. They've been really buying into what we've been wanting to do, and uh, they've been playing with a lot of lot, lot of toughness out there. So now I saw some of the footage from yesterday's scrimmage that you guys had at Neptune. Uh, Marcus Borden from the whole news tribune he was out there shooting video so I got to see some of the special teams now Neptune special teams they struggled to mm -hmm. say the least and now my question to you is how do you know what you guys did well as opposed to what the other team didn't do well well I, I just look for what you know our big thing is we worry about what we do can't worry about what the other teams do we always worry about what we what we do and I look for little technique things okay are we efficiently blocking on punt return um, did we get through on pump block? Are we stepping down an extra point? Whatever the case may be, and we look for those little things. Um, you know, the, oppo the opponent really doesn't matter to us. It's just a matter of looking at what we do, did we perform the techniques correctly, and then going from there. Aaron R., he, he punts and kicks for you. Mm -hmm. What do you want to see from him as a senior this year? I'd like to see a few, uh, few, few field goals this year from him. Uh, last year he had a very, very close one up the uprights against J.P. Stevens. But uh, Aaron's, I think, progressed from last year to this year so far. He's have a added a little bit more on to his punt in terms of yardage. Um, I feel like he's got a little bit of a deeper range with the, the field goal kick. So we, you know, we just we want to see him take that next step now. Um, you know, being able to, um, you know, in live game action, make a field goal and then go from there. 
Raiders, I, I, you probably don't know this, but uh, Raiders are looking for their first field goal since 2010. Now oh, that, boy. Yeah, part of that was uh, when Esberth Pereira was here, he was mm -hmm. a lineman, yep. so he handled the kicks. So field goals were not exactly his specialty. <laughs> so uh, so hopefully, yep. like you said, Aaron can put a Get few through, yep. through the uprights. Amir Alderman, mm -hmm. you know, he had a big punt return yep. uh, in the uh, Perth Amboy game that helped you guys uh, lock up a state playoff berth. You yep. lose him, he graduates. Yep. Um, you know, I know you got Miles Bailey back there. Yep. Um, is it about getting Bailey as much touches as possible, yes. or is he just the best man for the job, or or is it both? It's a combination of both. So in in our eyes, the way we look at it is with Miles, teams have the option. You're either going to kick it to him and let you know, a Division One athlete return a punt on you guys, or you're going to kick it out of bounds, which a lot of times high school punters don't do a great job of, and they might shank it off the foot, might be not necessarily the, the, the farthest punt. So we give them that option. Okay, you're going to kick to the Division One kid? Perfectly fine. Let's see where it goes. But Or you have the option to punt it out of bounds. So we think he has a good skill set back there. He's got very good speed. You know, he's a fast kid, 4'4", four, 4'5", four, four, kid. So we, we like getting him as many touches as possible, and it's just another way to get him the ball. Another thing to prepare for for the you know the opposing team. In terms of blocking punts, mm -hmm. are you uh, ultra aggressive or, or do you play more for the return? No, I'm 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 punt block. Um, I'm very very punt blockish. Um, for us, you know, last year we came away with a nice punt block against St. Joe's that kind of kept us in the game. Uh, we had a punt block against Woodbridge, with, uh, you know, bad snap. My philosophy is if you pressure the kicker, even if you don't get there. They're still in a rush to get that, you know, get it off, and there's a chance they're going to shank it off the foot. And quite honestly, we put a lot of fast kids on our pump block that we think could get through and actually make a play on it. So, in terms of your punt and kick return game, uh, I mentioned the Alderman play, but yeah. uh, as a whole, you know, how did you feel about your return game? Uh, in terms of last year, yeah. Uh, this, in general, with our special forces, I think last year we took a step forward from the year prior. Um, the big thing that we want to see is consistency. So we had a lot of big plays last year, whether it was Brandon Outlaw on the opening kickoff against Woodbridge, you know, returning it down to the five and putting a nice hit on their kicker. Amir Alderman's punt return. We had a block punt for Joe's, the recovered uh, onside kick, fake punt for Woodbridge. We had a lot of nice plays. But the thing that we're looking for is not just the big plays. We're looking for the consistency. Oh, we're winning the kicking game in field position. And that, to me, is where we need to improve is – you know, last year I believe the opponent's starting um, field position was 35-yard line for our kickoffs. We want to move that back to the 30. You know, and Arts was the 32. We want to move that up to like the 35, 37. So that to me is like the thing I'm looking for is what is our net um, field position on both the punt and kick aspect. Talking with special teams and linebackers coach Chris Marr here from the green, from the Green Turtle. Here's more people start to come in to greet the coaches here for you know the Raiders football team. Uh, you mentioned onside kicks a second mm -hmm. ago. I don't, if I'm correct, I don't think you guys attempted an onside kick last year. We tried one against Freehold Township um, when we when we got down 17-13 with about two minutes left. We tried it and it didn't work out. That was our only one that we. You know, we had a surprise against Joe's, which was kind of like a little squib kick that we got. But other than that, it was uh, that was the only one that we actually tried. Is that something you want to do more or less? Well, I mean, obviously the, the, the idea is hopefully you don't have to use it, um, you know, until the situation is dire. So, I mean, you know, we might have a few tricks up our sleeve, but you never know. Because <laughs> yeah, sometimes, you, you know, it, you might – the element of – you can use it as the element yep. of surprise, of course. Um, and uh, obviously – the obvious is circumstances if you're yes. behind by a score late yes, in the you game. you don't want to use it, yep. That kind of thing. Yep. Um, 
Aaron, I'm trying to remember. I think it was the. I'm trying to remember if it was the Perth Amboy game. There was a game where JFK. There was a game that where he put one, you know, behind the uh, 20 yard line, the other team's 20 yard line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think inside the 10 even. Mm-hmm. Where, um, you know, I think you want to see more of that. Yes. Um, have you talked to him about that at all or no? Yeah. I, I, so I constantly, you know, I'm I'm always with Aaron, working with him in practice, and you know, trying to get him better with his skills. And he, he does a great job. He's a very coachable kid. Um, and we, we try to build them up because there were times last year, I think it was against Carter Rep, he had a, it was like a 65-yard punt um, that, that went opposite direction, you know, and, and that's, what, you know, obviously we're not looking for that every time. That's that's a very tough thing for a you know, high school punter to do. But, you know, we love seeing that. That's that's a great play by him, and we want to build him up and say, yeah, you can do that. And against South Plainfield, he had four touchbacks in the game on a kickoff. Yeah, you, you're, you are capable of doing that because you're a good player. In terms of the linebackers, do you, you know, do you see more of a, I guess, more of a, more of a speed game where you can get after the quarterback, or do you want to drop back in coverage and pick off a couple? You know, which way you want so, to go? So uh, this year, um, Coach Viato's coaching the outside backers. I'm coaching the middle backers. Our, our two middle backers this year are 225, 230 pounds, big kids, big physical kids. We're looking for them to be a big part of the run game, and you know, send them on heat a little bit. Obviously, they have the capability to get back into pass sets. But for us, it's more, you know, are we stopping to run? Are we being physical? Are we blitzing, getting through? That, that's the type of football we like to play. We like to dictate that. Looking at the year as a whole, obviously your first two games, St. Joe's and Sayreville, are not going to be easy. But overall, you know, can this be you know, a special kind of year? Yes. Uh, just talking in general, not just linebackers and special teams, mm-hmm. uh, in general, I feel – our kids have bought in 100%. Um, we're a year experience with the staff. We're a year experience with the kids under our system. We return a good amount. And our kids have really, really worked hard. I've been very, very proud and very pleased with what they've done. Um, I feel like our culture has dramatically changed from when we took it over. And I feel like it's been a very positive experience where the kids are very enthusiastic about coming to practice, very enthusiastic about what Raider football really is. Um, in terms of our schedule, yeah, we're playing some tough teams. You're absolutely right, but you know what? We like we like that challenge. That's who we want to play. Because if we have aspirations to win playoff games and eventually reach championships, those are the kind of teams you have to play in the regular season. And I think it's only going to benefit us if you know playing these teams early on for later in the season, and hopefully have an opportunity to go far in the playoffs. You like the new schedule? I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, you know, Joe's is obviously a very big physical team. You know, uh, not looking ahead, but you look down the line, you know, the Saravels, the Woodbridges, the Edisons, those type of teams. They're good competition, and we're, you know, we're right there with them, so we're ready to go. Chris Marr, special teams and linebackers coach here with the Raiders. And, again, Aaron R. returns on punts and kicks this year. And, as Coach Marr mentioned, uh, some new guys in the linebacking group. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, looking for some big things. And, uh, you know, I'll talk to Coach Beato more about the, the sacks and things like that. But, uh, Coach, you know, thank you. I appreciate the time. And, of course, I'll, you know, I'll be, I'll be seeing you. Good luck this year. All right. All right. Thank you, Corbin. You got it. Thanks, brother. All right. Yeah, so Chris Marr, again, nice enough to stop by here. And so I'll have to see who's up next here because my program is all, you know, going to be shot out the window here. So we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll see, you know, who uh, who they throw at me here. I think I see our next guest coming up right now. So we'll break and we'll come back with Meet the Coaches of Raiders Football on the King James Radio Network. Imagine your kitchen transformed like magic. That's what family-owned Kitchen Magic has done for more than 50,000 homeowners 
Kitchen Magic, named the number one kitchen company nationwide four times by Qualified Remodeler Magazines, is here to serve you. Kitchen Magic Refacing can save up to 50% over the cost of an all-new kitchen. Our experts will guide you as you choose from custom refacing, new cabinetry, or countertops, or a blend of options for the best value. Your kitchen will be completely transformed quickly and easily, like magic. Take advantage of Kitchen Magic's free design consultation. Call 855-733-2236 or visit kitchenmagic.com today to schedule your free in-home design consultation. Don't forget to use the code PB608. That's PB608 when you call. Call 855-733-2236 or visit kitchenmagic.com today. Don't forget, the code PB608 gets you 15% off of your purchase. This broadcast is a production of the King James Radio Network, which is solely intended for the private use of its listening audience. Any rebroadcast or other use of this audio transmission without the written permission or consent from the King James Radio Network is strictly prohibited. Out of the shotgun is Jack. He takes the snap, steps up in the pocket. He's going to try to run. Straminski knocks the ball, loose fumble, picked up by the Raiders. Raider ball, and Jeannie Masellas picks it up and gets it to the Perth Amboy 40-yard line. Straminski made the tackle. Masellas picks it up. Turnover, and the Raiders have it. That was last year against Perth Amboy. David Straminski uh, knocking the ball loose from Tyler Jack, and Jeannie Masellas was able to get a decent return on it for the Raiders, so forcing a turnover there against Perth Amboy in the state playoff clincher that the Raiders won, and uh, that was their fifth straight win. They went on to beat Woodbridge for their sixth straight win and go on to the first round of the state playoffs. This is Meet the Coaches of Raiders Football here live from the Green Turtle at the Main Street Shopping Center in North Brunswick, New Jersey. People stopping through to meet with the coaches here at the, at the back room of the Green Turtle. And so my next guest, my next coach, is John Beato, who's in charge of the offensive and defensive lines, kind of shares those duty with, duties with Nick Seipot. And I found out from Coach Marr that you're also handling the uh, outside linebackers this year, correct? Yes, yeah, new responsibility for me. I'm really excited. Um, I've worked traditionally with just the O-line, D-line, um, but now getting a chance with the outside linebackers, trying to pick up more of the defense, you know, with aspirations eventually one day to call it. And, uh, you know, we I played that clip there from Straminski, and, uh, you know, between he and um, – Samad Wingo uh, probably had close to 30 sacks between the two. Yeah, 32. 32. How do you, you know, you lose Straminski to graduation. Do you feel like you can still get to the quarterback with the guys you have? Oh, yeah. I mean, Wingo is a real special talent. He's a, you know, definitely a future Division One football player. His speed off the edge is, is really difficult to block. I used to play offensive tackle, and those were the kids I hated to block the most because they could run circles around you all day, especially being a bigger guy. Um, we have some younger guys in the D-line, but we also have a returner in Angel Gonzalez. He's a second-year starter. Um, Tyshawn Parson playing some nose tackle, very good player, very stout guy in the middle. Uh, definitely a run guy, but has some deceptively quick uh, pass moves. And then at the other end spot, we're uh, moving through a lot of guys. We have Tyler Jordan, um, Amon Maiden, uh, both very good uh, young ends for us that we have a lot of uh, uh, goals and aspirations for. In terms of Wingo, you mentioned some of his physical ability. What, yeah, he's a specimen. Yeah, what makes, him, sure. what makes him successful? Is it just a physical talent, or is it more than that? Uh, no, he's a very coachable kid. I mean, he has great speed, um, great jumping ability. I mean, he's on my track team. He, he does everything from throwing shot put to high jumping. Um, so he's very versatile. Um, but the thing that definitely makes him a great player is he's coachable. He picked up on the position 
um, only in a few weeks last summer. You know, he was playing outside backer for a while. We put it, brought him to end towards the end of camp, um, and then he was starting by Carteret. You know, he made a few impact plays against Colonia, big TFL. Um, but what makes him so good? He's a very coachable kid. Um, he's starting to gain a really high football IQ, and then obviously with Nick um, being his, you know, one of his defensive line coaches, he was a great defensive end in, in his own regard, and just kind of instilling a lot of those uh, abilities in, uh, in him. What, you know, do you feel like he's, even though, you know, Gonzalez is a senior, so he'll probably, you know, have more of that leadership role, but you feel like Wingo is you know, ready to get to the next level, even if it's just being a leader by example? Oh, yeah, I mean, he already is. If you if we watch our defensive film from last year, he's one of those guys, regardless run pass, he jumps off the page because he has a relentless pursuit. Even if he makes a mistake, gets knocked down, he still sometimes gets up and makes TFLs. Um, so I think that you know he, his hustle is is uh, contagious. I think it's something the whole defense embraced last year, and definitely this year, just going into what we've seen so far, it's 11 men and 11 helmets to the ball every play. The offensive line, and I know uh, Angel Gonzalez, a part of that line as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about you know the guys you have up, up front. Yeah, so right now the line is uh, right tackle because that's Chich's uh, blind side because he's a lefty. Is Angel Gonzalez? He's a starter from last year. Started off last year playing okay for us and finished the year as one of our best linemen. Um, really grew up during the season. He has some of the best feet I've ever seen on an offensive tackle. And he lived in the weight room in the offseason. Next to him is a junior, a really tall kid, a big guy, uh, uh, Michael Ladjack. He's 6'4", about 240. Uh, really good size, a lot of good natural ability, quick kid. Um, he can move, he can pull. Um, first year starting for us, but we definitely have a lot of expectations for him. At center, we have Amon Maiden. Uh, he was a starting guard for us for eight games last year, or nine games last year. Another kid started off, you know, sophomore, very raw. End of the year, he was a very finished product. And he's a um, super intelligent kid, like, a, you know, almost a 4.0 GPA. And he's great at setting up the offensive line, calling out blitzes, and making sure we have our right assignments. Um, at left guard is another sophomore, or no, sorry, junior, uh, Jaron Douglas. Um Jaron played a lot on our JV team last year and was dominant um, and also had a lot of good showings in practice where he's beaten up on some of our seniors. Um, and he's grinded hard through camp and really earned that position. And then at left tackle is definitely, I think, an emerging star in our line. Uh, Terrell Pereira, he's another middle linebacker of ours. Um, relentless blocker, um, blocks to the whistle, really does a great job and um, really excited to see what he's going to do the next few years. Terrell Pereira, I'm just, you, know, you might not know this. I'm thinking he's related to Esbeth Pereira, who was who was here. Uh, no, t- yeah, not no, as in, yeah, no, yeah. no, okay. Yeah, no relation. Okay. Um, as far as who you'll be blocking for on the offensive line, uh, obviously most of that will be Christian Petrillo and Miles Bailey. Um, is there – obviously, I, I, I don't want to – Ask this the wrong way. You want to block equally for whoever has the ball. Yes, of course. But, but uh, when Chich or Bailey has the ball, does it feel different? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're both such dynamic playmakers. Um, when I was in high school, I blocked for a 2,000-yard running back, uh, Vince Davidson. So I was uh, a guard in that offense. And, and knowing that you have a guy like that behind you definitely gives you a little shot of adrenaline, a little oomph um, to, to go out there and, and do it for them because you know that Guys like that are always just one block away from from busting it loose um, with their speed and ability. So I think it keeps our line focused, you know, makes them want to block to the whistle. Um, and, you know, it's fun. I mean, you know, seeing a lot of touchdowns and yards go up, it's, it's a good feeling as a lineman, you know, 
you know, you pave the way and help them get there. Now, of course, in the high school game, you know, some teams may blitz more than others. Do you spend a lot of time on blitz protection and some of those little things? Oh, yeah. I mean, every day I, I coach the O-line um, with Coach Paul Day. We're both the O-line coaches. Um, and every day we do a blitz period. Um, you know, we're, we're getting ready for a team that sends a lot of, a lot of blitzes, two blitzes a play. So um, it's something we spend a lot of time focusing on, especially pass pro. But also, you know, in our, in our zone style offense, just making sure, you know, you know if something happens with the blitz, what linebacker you're assigned to and uh, so on. So we definitely um, hit it hard every day. And now I know, you know, you come from, you're a South Brunswick guy. Yeah. Are you disappointed? No, no Thanksgiving game this year? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, a little disappointed. I understand why, though. Um, you know, the timing of the game is, is really rough. You know, if, if last year we made the playoffs, um, which we're so excited about, but, you know, after losing the first round, having that heartbreak, you still had a few weeks of the season where you keep the kids motivated for the South Brunswick game. And for South Brunswick on their end, you know, they've been vying for the state championship. So, you know, I, I kind of get where they're coming from in the sense that the game uh, can be a nuisance to that preparation. Um, but I hope we can get it back and maybe find a different week of the season to play it on. And as a replacement, <laughs> the replacement game you get is St. Joe's, which, uh, of course, is, you know, we all know St. Joe's is uh, not a walk in the park. No, 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 yeah. So, you know, this uh, this first game, now, you're still in the month of August, and mm -hmm. historically the Raiders have never played in the month of August. So, obviously, you know, keeping guys hydrated and uh, fluids and all that, obviously a big key. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's this past week was actually very nice, pretty cool. Um, beginning of camp was really hot. I mean, summer sessions, you know, we were with the kids. Even though we had the summer sessions at PM, uh, it was still very hot. So keeping the kids hydrated, uh, our trainer does a great job, uh, Miss Morrison. Um, you know, keep making sure those kids, uh, you know, have what they need to practice. And I, I think that, you know, the old stereotype of uh, not giving a kid a break and, you know, water makes you weak. I think that every sane coach in modern society realizes that that's not the truth. And, you know, making sure players are uh, healthy and, and, and prepared to go. And there's also a stereotype about about big guys in, in the heat. So, mm -hmm. do you feel like your guys are the exception to the rule? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that uh, you know our offensive line, the average weight is probably somewhere around 225, 230 pounds. Um, maybe up a little bit, maybe close to the 240 range. Um, and you know that's a pretty pretty sizable line. But all those kids, I mean, two of them are linebackers. Uh, you know, they move. It's not like they're they're slouches. So I think that they're definitely the exception because um, they have great feet and they, you know, they've already, you know, they're, they're in shape. They're for the most part they're in shape and they, and they worked hard in the off season to get into that shape. What are your expectations in, in general for the team? You know, not just your guys, but just the team as a whole. What are your expectations coming off of a six and four season? Obviously, you want to try, you know, go further in the playoffs. But uh, what are your expectations? I mean, expectations are definitely to make it past where we did last year. Uh, second round of the playoffs and better. I mean, that's, you know, without a doubt what we're hoping for. Um, something add, nice to add into that would be a home game uh, for the playoffs, which, you know, something we'd really look forward to. Last year we were, you know, an overtime away with Sayreville and Old Bridge game. If Sayreville wins, we have a home game against Old Bridge. Um, so, you know, that, those are two huge goals. And, and another, you know, other things we set the kids up for incentive-wise. Offensive line, we have some goals. Uh, rushing yards, you know, not allowing sacks, um, pancake blocks, things like that. So definitely team goals, unit goals, and I know the kids definitely have individual goals as well. And of course, they all work, you know, work together. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, John Viato again in charge of the offensive. Uh, one of the guys in charge of the offensive defensive lines. Also, uh, you know, part of that that linebacking group as well. There's the coach. Uh, you know, again, you know, thanks for stopping by and good luck, of course, this year. And uh, you know, I'll be, uh, of course, I'll be, you know, uh, wherever. I, well, I probably, you know, Neptune. I, I luckily I was able to catch, you know, a lot of clips, uh, you know, from the Neptune game. Uh, by the way, how do you guys feel you did in that scrimmage? You know, well, obviously, 41-6 to is always a great result. Um, you know, we saw a defense we didn't really prepare for getting ready for St. Joe's, but I think that, um, you know, we, we definitely did what we had to do. Um, had some good showings, some big touchdowns, and it's a good chance to get a lot of guys who are um, fringe guys who are going to get in varsity games and get them more experience and see um, what they really have. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, hey, thanks again, and uh, good luck to you guys this year. And uh, I appreciate, it. of course, you know, I'll be, I'll be watching. All right, thank you so much, Corb. All right, it. no problem. So that's John Viato uh, again in charge of the lines, uh, along with Nick Sipot uh, in charge of the lines with the Raiders football team. And so you heard there, you know, it feels like the guys are, you know, in good shape, They're ready to go. You know, wasn't too bad during the latter part of training camp. And, you know, so, and of course, uh, you know, nice job there by you know, Mr. Viano. So we will take a break. I see that our next coach is here, so I'll have him I'll have him have a seat right here, and we'll break, and we'll come back with Meet the Coaches of Raiders Football on the King James Radio Network. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat, and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. This week at Restoration Place, operating at your anointing level by Pastor John Baysmore Jr. There is a reason that you have been given a gift to do the things that you do. Restoration Place. On demand on the King James Radio Network at jamesisking.com. Corbett Thompson back here at the Green Turtle in North Brunswick, New Jersey for Meet the Coaches of Raiders Football Part 2, as Mike Sidepot likes to put it. <laughs> when Coach Sidepot, he texted me with the idea of, of doing uh, another Meet the Coaches. Um, I have to say, I was remarkably, I was surprised by the, the listenership that we got uh, last year when we did it because it was a new coaching staff coming in. Um, I'm not sure how many, I mean, now coach Saipot, he's a celebrity around here, so he has a lot of fans, but, but, um, I wasn't sure what kind of reception we would get and the listenership that we got, like almost 300 people listened to that. Probably if, if you think about it, uh, certain individuals who listened probably had other people around them listening. So I would probably estimate to say that we had over 300 people listen to that show from last year. So hopefully we get the uh, similar type of number this year. But my next coach is here, and he is a varsity assistant, Paul Day, one of the new members to the coaching staff, uh, joining us here from the Green Turtle. So, Coach Day, welcome aboard. Thanks for, for coming by. Thanks for having me, Corbett. Um, do you... Do you handle any one position group, or are you more, uh, you know? Just yeah, I do the uh, offensive line. I know you just had John Viato over. I do the offensive line with John, and then I also help uh, Nick Sipot out on the defensive line as well. Okay. All right, so you kind of float back and forth between the two. Two lines, yep. Yep. Um, last year, freshman coach, um, did that give you that extra advantage of knowing some of the guys that are playing varsity now? Yeah, well, uh, we had uh, – we have 
about 25 kids from the uh, freshman team, and about uh, 12, about half of them came up to the uh, varsity team this year. Um, not too many of the sophomores are going to be playing primarily varsity. They practice every day with us, but uh, I was part of the varsity program with uh, Coach Saipot. Uh, I was up in the booth last year, and then uh, for the last two or three weeks, our, our season as freshmen ended early in November, but I was at all the varsity games, so I was able to get to know a lot of the varsity players last year. Uh, so familiar with those guys already. In terms of the offensive and defensive lines, uh, do you have a, a quote-unquote specialty, more or less? Oh, yeah, definitely offensive line. Yeah. Um, I've coached for a while now. I was over at Franklin for a number of years and uh, played played offensive line, played offensive line in college as well, um, but a lot of experience with the offensive line and uh, did some stuff with defensive line as well, but definitely uh, offensive line techniques is my uh, specialty. Is there a different feel to, you know, of course you were here already, but is there a different feel to, I guess, uh, joining a varsity staff that, you know, they've got some high expectations now that you, know, you have your winning record last year. You made the state playoffs. Is, is, is there pressure on coaches? I and mean, we talk about pressure on players, but are, is there pressure on a coach because of the high expectations? Well, absolutely. We, we definitely want to, to, to exceed the expectations. We always talk about to our kids every single day about uh, at practice, the little things. You want to do better than you did the day before. Whether it's uh, with, with a drill, individual session, group session, team session, we push the kids every day to get better. Uh, so we, we want to do that as well. Every single day we're looking to get better. Every week we want to get better. And, of course, from season to season, uh, with our experience, we want to get better. So we, we know last year uh, we talked about trying to you know win some games. Uh, it was a lot of losing that was going on here in North Brunswick, and, and trying to win games was, was a big focus, focal point. Uh, and this year we talked about good enough is not good enough right now. Um, just just winning a couple of games is definitely not what we're looking for. We we have real real high expectations this year, and uh, you know good enough is certainly not good enough right now. Now you were part of the staff at Franklin for 18 years. Yeah, a long time. Do you are there things that I know there's probably things that are exclusive to the personnel that you have, but I, there, I would think there's probably also things that you can teach uh, universally as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, coming over here was, was exciting. Jumping in with uh, a brand-new staff was great. Um, and, and, and the winning culture that Coach Saipot brought with him. And, uh, again, been around a lot of different programs and a lot, a lot of different teams and, you know, putting stuff on back to back to T-shirts. But th this was something that we actually did together. And, and you know, sometimes the things are cliche, but this was something that, that kids bought into. And it wasn't just a one-year thing. You know, we're continuing with this year with everything is together. Um, kids are really, really buying in with that. Uh, you know, no one is really selfish. I, I've been a part of some teams that, you know, guys were worried about more of their individual stats and things like that. Uh, just we had some examples yesterday in the scrimmage of, of guys just trying to do things for the team. And, and it's not just about individual performances, which unfortunately I've been a part of in other places. Uh, but here, uh, uh, winning and the team is, is out front. Senior quarterback Christopher Trillo, who's standing across from me with the together on on the back of his shirt, shooting baskets with his left hand, which if I was a coach, I'd be a little nervous. But, but, but uh, you know, shoot with the right hand, shoot with the right hand. But um, as far as uh, you were on the you were on the Franklin team that won the Central Jersey Group Three championship. Yeah, a long, long time ago, back in '94. '94. Long time ago, yeah. Does that? mean as much as it might used to with a team where you can walk well, in and say you, you know, know you know coach Saipod br brings it up that i'm the only guy around in the program coach or player with with a ring um so i, I definitely try to take that and, and work with primarily with the players and, and let them know you know what, what championship things look like um you know just 
<laughs> some interviews even, you know, hearing some of these kids get interviewed, Chich and Miles. And, you know, first thing I read an article about Miles talking about, he gave credit to the offensive line. And one of the first things I said was that, that that's, that's championship mentality right there. Uh, again, in the past, I've seen some things where it's selfish, me, 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 me. Um, but but these, these kids are really buying into, uh, you know, what they can do collectively as a unit. Uh, I, ta- I talked to the offensive line, something I share with my offensive line, with, with my head coach when I, when I was playing, uh, about it's amazing the things that can, can get done when nobody cares who gets the credit. So I try to instill some of the things that I learned as a player um, in all these years of, of, of coaching that I've had, uh, the negatives as well as the positives. Um, so it's not so much going back 24 years ago to when I won a championship. It's just more of the things that you, you get as you get older, and you don't necessarily know when you're 16, 17 years old. That you know, The older you get, and I look around, I'm one of the oldest guys on the staff, uh, the older you get, the more experience you get. Uh, that you know, those are the things that you can you can share. So I'm not I'm not going back and telling about war stories from 20 something years ago. They don't want to hear about that. Um, but it, it's more just the experience uh, of things that you get over the years. Talking with Paul Day again, uh, assistant coach of the Raiders, handles uh, helps out with the offensive and defensive lines. When this team uh, hits the field, you know, five days from now, April, August 30th, the mental and physical state of this team. What do you want it to be? Uh, I, I think we're, we're, we're there. We're, we're ready. We're, we're five days away. Uh, of course, we, we're looking forward to Coach Viado and over there talking about what drills we're going to run on Monday. You know, we, we still have a couple of practices left. Um, we still have some fine-tuning to do. Uh, but, but mentally, uh, I, I feel we're there. We're ready. We're focused. Um, that, that poster that Coach Saipat had up in the, locker room, in, the, in the weight room over the winter and now in the locker room, uh, one yard short work, one yard harder. I mean, that's been motivation for every single one of us, uh, you know, Seeing, seeing that video, looking at that play time and time and time again, all the mistakes that we saw in that last play. I mean, that, that's all you really need to get you motivated uh, through an offseason to come up one yard short in a, in a playoff game. You know, not much else needs to motivate you. Physically, uh, we, we've had a real hot stretch here in August. Uh, we've, we've really conditioned the kids hard. Uh, there's a lot of times where we've run drills at the end of practice and the kids are just about to unbuckle and, and think that we're done, and all of a sudden Mike will blow that whistle and line us back up, and we'll, we'll go one more series. So to really physically push them. We had a cool week this past week, but always looking ahead. Uh, we saw that the Heat's coming back this week, yep. uh, but we are playing a night game. But, you know, I think mentally we're ready to go. Physically we've pushed these guys, and we still have, you know, four more – actually three more practice, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's, it's right here. Three more practice to get the last final tuning in and uh, get ready to take that field on uh, Thursday night. What Coach Day was referring to, I haven't touched on it yet, was uh, the state playoff game against Friel Township last year. The Raiders went down to Friel Township cold night that night. And, um, yeah, I had my shorts on still, though. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Raiders, uh, it was, uh, what, 17-13. 17-13. 17-13. Uh, Raiders were deep in freehold territory, uh, final seconds, and uh, ball was, what, on the Nine-yard nine line, line, eight seconds left. And, uh, you know, of course, I even, you know, I don't know if Freehold knew Bailey was getting the ball, but I know anybody on the North Brunswick side probably knew that Miles Bailey was getting the football, and uh, they gave it to him and got down to the one-yard line, was forced out of bounds at the one. Uh, as the time, as time expired, the clock hit zero, and uh, Freehold Township escaped uh, with that victory. So, there, you, you know, the, hence the mantra, one yard harder. Um, what are your expectations, you know, aside from the one yard harder, what are your expectations going into the season? Uh, you know, a couple of tough games to start, St. Joe's and Sayreville. Uh, what are your expectations? Well, those are challenges you want. You want you want a team that hasn't won a, uh, 
Oh, they haven't lost a conference game in three years. That, that's what you want. You you want to to be the best. You want to you want to beat the best. So no no better team for us to, to face in that first week than St. Joe's. A great challenge. Uh, they got some big guys up front. Of course, I got the big fella going to Notre Dame. Uh, and that, again, that that's a great motivational tool for our linemen. You know, everybody talks about we lost three big seniors and and coaching the offensive line. You know, we just you know hit them with that little underdog mentality. You know, none, none of our three are going to Notre Dame, but uh, we we can put ourselves on the map with a with a, with a, with a you know if we do what we want to do. Uh, Thursday night. So again, we talked about in the very beginning, our expectations are very high. Uh, winning a couple games is not good enough. Uh, m- most certainly, uh, playoffs and beyond. Uh, getting to, getting to the playoffs and actually winning a game and 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 sky's the limit. You know, we, we're talking about wanting to win a state championship. Last year, it was trying to win a game. You know, maybe we can make the playoffs. This year, there's no maybes. You know, we, we know what we want to do um, inside that locker room. We, we talk about what we want, and uh, you know, one game at a time. We're, we, you know, we don't want to worry about, you know, playing in December. Of course, that's the ultimate goal. But right now, we're focused on Monday's practice. And Monday's practice will get us ready for uh, Thursday night and, and take it as it comes. You mentioned the big guy, John Olmstead. Um, have you come up with, you know, you still got a few days. Uh, have you come up with a plan of attack with him? Or do you sit down later on, and, you know, we'll, we'll take the Bill Belichick approach here, Corbett. I don't know if those guys might be listening. We, we definitely have, uh, you know, game plan. We, we we're ready. Um, we, we've watched some some film a little bit. As soon as we get out of here with you, we're gonna look at some film tomorrow tonight again. Uh, come up with a game plan tomorrow. We have some things in the in the works. Um, but uh, regardless of who lines up across from us, we're, we're ready to go. That's a little extra motivation having a guy, uh, a kid like that. Um, but we're definitely ready, and we'll be uh, giving the kids the plan on Monday. And it, it's all about, you know, St. Joe's. It's been all about St. Joe's since that that last play of the game, since we knew we were going to play them. Uh, at first, it was going to be a scrimmage, but now, you know, now it's the real thing. Um, and, and this camp has fly, flown by. We've been talking about. I've never been a part of a a game as a player or a coach in August. So I'm I'm loving this this playing in August business. This is great. Uh, camp is big and important, and we got through everything that we needed to get through uh, in August, and we're just chomping at the bit. Uh, to get to get ready to go and get out there in front of the home fans on Thursday night. Well, you'll be right there with the team then. First time in the month of August for the Raiders in their history as they take on St. Joe's on Thursday night, August 30th at 7 o'clock. Paul Day again joining us and uh, talking a little offensive and defensive line and uh, just a little you know Raider football in general. Coach Day, uh, welcome aboard. Uh, you know, you've, you've been here, but you know what I mean. Absolutely. And, uh, so, Raider now, of course. Raider, yes. Raider. Yes, yes. So thank you and uh, you know good luck to you guys, of course, this year. And uh, you know go Raiders. All right. Thanks right, a lot. Thank you. Thank you. You can drop that down there. And so, Paul Day, and again, uh, you heard there, you know, uh, how fast camp has flown by and how the guys, uh, you know, have gelled together and that one yard harder mantra. You'll hear a lot of that probably in my conversations with Mike Saipot in our pregame chats during the course of the year. And uh, you'll probably hear a lot of that. He's got a poster up in the locker room. I haven't seen it yet. I'm interested to see it uh, when I go, you know, to the locker room on Thursday. I'm interested to see, you know, one yard harder, and uh, you know, we we go from there. So we'll take a break here, and then we come back. Our next coach is at the table, and so we'll talk to him, and we'll do that on the other side of the break. This is Meet the Coaches of Raiders Football live from the Green Turtle on the King James Radio Network. The Starlight Lounge presents an evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience! Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Got to get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay, and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood 
is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. McDonald's new $1-2-3 menu has breakfast, which means you can get the sausage burrito for $1, a sausage McGriddles for $2, and the sausage McMuffin with egg for $3. Or, as Jill likes to call it, the I burnt the toast, set off the smoke detector, and filled the apartment with smoke meal. (laughs) (coughs) More like the I can't believe you did that again meal. Build whatever breakfast you want with McDonald's new $1-2-3 menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Chitch out of the gun on third and three. And he'll take the snap. Hands off to Bailey. Off tackle left. And has the first down at midfield. 45. Breaks a tackle. 40. 30. Goodbye, Miles Bailey. His second touchdown of the night. Touchdown, North Brunswick Raiders. Another form of the bailout plan from Miles Bailey. 27-10, North Brunswick. This has been an all-star night for Bailey. This one from 55 yards after he ran one from 66 to start the second half. That was last year against South Plainfield. Miles Bailey uh, just uh, basically running up and down the field on the Tigers. And, well, the, the Raiders will be looking for a lot more of that. From Mr. Bailey this year, Corbett Thompson here. We are live at the Green Turtle in North Brunswick, New Jersey for Meet the Coaches of Raiders Football Part 2 as this is the second year of the Mike Saipot regime. And a big part of that regime is my next guest. He is the offensive coordinator for the Raiders, Pushon Brown, who also holds you know a couple of records in the record books as a player with the Raiders. And uh, so, you know, Pushon joining us here from the Green Turtle. And, you know, now... Miles Bailey, you know, you heard that, and uh, that was the South Plainfield game. Before I could even get in my seat for the second half, he's running one, you know, 66 yards. Yes, sir. Are you – has he exceeded even what you thought he could be? Um, At this point, you know, when we first got him – Just you, bring your mic up a little bit. I'm sorry. That's all right. When we first got him, you know, we didn't know exactly what he was. We knew he was a special talent, but we didn't know exactly what he was. And as the season went on, he just kind of kept progressing, and we just – me, I just had to keep finding different ways to challenge him, and he just kept rising to the challenge. And, you know, now everybody knows what special talent he is, and, you know, we're going to get a lot more of him this year, you know, find different ways to uh, utilize his skill set. If you could, and it doesn't necessarily have to involve Bailey, Bailey, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but if you could run the same play every time, knowing that it would work, what, what would it be? Um, I would say our bread and butter, you know, our zone, our stretch outside zone play. That's our bread and butter. Um, you know, it's also a read, so you know, Chich could pull it at any time. So one of those two guys taking taking the ball, pretty comfortable with those two with the ball in those two guys' hands. So, do you have in terms of we're in August, so it's still pretty warm. Some days are still hot. Do you have a different set of packages based on the weather, or is it pretty you know across the board? Um, no, nah, not really based on the weather. We, you know, we preach to the guys, you know, you got to, you got to deal with the elements, whatever's going on outside. Like we have to play in the same thing our, our opposition has to play in. So if it's a hundred degrees out, we're on the field, it's a hundred degrees of those guys too. So we got to be mentally tough and get it done. But you know, when the cold weather does come around or certain situations, 
we do have a couple of different personnel that we could throw in. Now, of course, your quarterback is Christian Petrillo, his senior year, um, and Miles Bailey still a junior. Chich will get some touches. Um, you know, for those who don't know, Chich is Christian's nickname, but uh, Chich will get some touches. But do you, you know, we talked a little bit about this last year about the 30 carry thing. Do you want to um, try to still keep other teams honest? And uh, because, you know, all, all things equal, like the freehold game, like if you guys were to play them again and in the exact same scenario, they know 90% chance you, you know, Bailey's going to get the ball in that spot. Uh, you might switch, you might surprise them and you might go to someone else. But, um, with 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 Bailey being as good as he is, how do you still keep other teams honest and uh, you know not let them focus in on him? Um, first and foremost, we'll use him a couple of different ways. He you you know he just won't be a sitting duck back there in the backfield. But also we have a we got we have a lot of depth at the skill position and um, a lot of a lot of guys that could do some things with the ball. You know we got uh, like you said Chich. Um, our receiver, our leading receiver, Manny, Manny Herrera is back. Um, Sean is very reliable. Sean Brahini is very reliable. Aaron R. Um, we got we got even our 2D Brandon Outlaw. He's another guy. He'll, he'll get uh, touches different ways. Uh, Remy Barberina, he's another guy. So Yeah, you're so putting him at wide receiver this year. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, it's some different things we could do. And, you know, we're just trying to find the best ways to maximize all the talent we have on the team. Tell me about Leon Lowry. Um, I think, if, if I'm correct, if he's the guy I'm thinking of, I saw him yeah. in the scrimmage against Del Delaware Valley. Yeah. Uh, made some plays for. You. Tell me about him. Leon, he's a he's a he's a good receiver. You know, he's developing, and um, he's just a big target, big physical guy for us, and he could really go up and high point the ball. And he's a six four by two ten guy, so he gets physical with small DBs and. You know, when we feel comfortable, give him shots here and there. Interesting. So I'll be keeping my eye on him this year. Um, you know, as far as getting back to Bailey for a second, he's about to pass uh, pass a guy by the name of Pushon Brown in the in the record. But I happen to have a copy right here. Let's see. Uh, let's see. You now you have you still have the singles. You still have about mm, roughly about 500 yards on him for the single season mark, but. Career-wise, 2,698 yards for Pushon Brown. Bailey is at 2,000 exactly, so he'll probably pass you by about mid-season. Um, have you not necessarily about the record, but uh, do you do you do you have you talked to him and say, hey, you know, you're I want you to be the guy that that surpasses my greatness. <laughs> he, he tells me all the time that he's going to break my record. So, hey. Him breaking my records, that means we're doing something right. So I, I can't wait for the day he does. I'm going to shake his hand, and we're going to get right back to work. <laughs> <laughs> and it, he's not that far away from Aaron Jackson at 3278. He could actually break that this year. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, I was, my first question to you was, you know, as far as exceeding your expectations, um, he, could, he could conceivably – Assume you know all things you know staying healthy and everything else. He could conceivably get 5,000 yards before he's done. Mm -hmm. I mean, did you, can you even did you even fathom that? You know when you took over. Mm, and I can't really say I, I thought of, I thought much about it. But as as last season went on, at pretty much at the conclusion of last year, you know going through film with going through film every every week with him and just seeing you know seeing some of the moves he made and. You know, he's also a guy that's always willing to take coaching. So, you know, the sky's pretty much the limit for that kid. 
I, when I talked to uh, Raheem Byram, well, first question, well, the last question I asked him was, who, who has the better hat, you or him? He conceded. He said you did. <laughs> yeah. So so you got one yeah. on in there. Um, but the other thing was, I asked him about, because he's in charge of the wide receivers, uh, who, you know, if you have a go-to guy, you know, Manny Herrera um, led your team in catches last year. Um, do you have a, a, a number one guy or no? Like I said, we have a lot, we got we have a lot of depth out there at receiver at the receiver position, but uh, like you said, Manny Herrera, he's a very reliable guy for us, and that's the guy we look to in some tough situation to make some big catches for us. So you know, he's still that guy. He's he's been working hard and still and still proving himself every day. So you know, we're going. It's going to be situations we look to him to make some big plays, and it's it's all situational, you know. So depending on what the situation is, we have different guys for different situations, but. As far as number one receiver, I think he's Chich feels a, very comfortable throwing to him. Last year was the first time in six years that the offense scored over 200 points. Do you need to set benchmarks or you know, numerical goals or anything like that? Um, we have we have some in-game goals, but at the end of the day, you know, we're just trying to we're trying to put numbers on the board. You know, we want to be explosive. We want to be an explosive offense. And um, with the pieces we have, we have the ability to do that. And uh, up front, our O-line, they, they've been doing a great job uh, taking care of the guys back there, keeping Chitch upright, and um, creating hold, creating holes for our running backs. So we, I can't say we really set a, a benchmark, but we try to capitalize on every opportunity we get. Speaking of keeping Chitch upright, do you, you know, we, 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 I think we both agree Chich is going to get some touches. He's going to be able to use, you know, use his feet and his legs to run. But, you know, he had that ankle issue last year a little bit. That hampered him a little bit. How do you keep him fresh? Obviously, you want your offensive line to protect him as much as possible, but how do you keep him fresh uh, for the long run? Um, That last year, that was kind of just one of those things, you know, it was kind of a nagging injury that kind of kept coming back for him. But, you know, he played he played through it. He's a very tough kid. And um, I think at, as far as the QB position, he's matured a lot over the last season. And um, he's been all through the preseason. He's making he's been making some great decisions for us. So, you know, I'm excited to see what he see, see what he's going to uh, give us this year and keeping him fresh. That's he's a guy. He take care. He takes care of his body. He does. He does all the right things. So we're not really too concerned with that. Yeah, I was gonna say he was shooting baskets with his left hand. So just tell him next time, you know, right-handed, right-handed. You know, but but um, no, Coach Sipot, um, and you guys probably decided this when you first came in. But um, yeah, I don't think I asked you this last year. But do you have final say over over all play calls, or or is that him? Uh, play calls, play calls. He he kind of lets me do my thing and you know just flow. But every now and then he'll jump in and. Hey, you know, if we get off track a little bit, he'll jump in and say his part and make sure we're doing the things that we need to do to win the game. So I'd say roughly 80, 90 percent is you and, and the other 10. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, you know, he, he gives me some freedom over there. But at the end of the day, you know, it's his show. So. All right. All right. All right. Well, like I said, you guys scored over 200 points last year with you as the OC. So we, you know, we're so far so good here. Yeah. Um, also, another thing we all we always. As a unit, you know, all the offensive coaches, we get together and we, it's not like I'm just out there, you know, making calls and just doing what I want to do. We, we try to make the best decisions for the kids. Like, we game plan. We go into each week, we game plan, and uh, we run through it in practice. 
what looks good we keep for the game what doesn't look good you know we kind of hold off we kind of put it to the back so you know we always try to do what's best for our for our team i'm sure i'm sure you have some plays in the back of the playbook that maybe you pull out in case of emergency give me a rough number of you don't have to tell me exactly what those plays are but like a rough number, I don't know, three, four, five, uh, how many plays you have in, in, in case of emergency? Um, I'm not sure we go with a set number. You know, it's, it's something, it may even be some things, you know, sometimes we don't really have in the game plans. There's some plays we kind of threw around before, but it's not in the game plan. But if we see something in the first half and we see we can exploit something, you know, we'll go to it. You know, we'll, we'll draw it up for the kids. And our kids, are, you know, they're very intelligent. So, you know, we, we put it to them as sim simple as possible. And they usually take it in very quickly, and we, we're able to make adjustments on the fly a lot of times. Talking again with offensive coordinator Pushon Brown as we are now into the, the heavyweight portion of the program here with the, with the big guys. Coach Brown is still uh, John Sipot, Nick Sipot, Mike Sipot still to come. Uh, your expectations for the season. I've asked you know, the coaches this. Uh, you know, your expectations for the season. I'm pretty sure. You know, you guys obviously want to get a step further, you know, than the Freehold Township game last year. So obviously, the one of the goals is to win a state playoff game. But just as a general, a general rule, you know, your expectations for the season. Um, really, is we got to take things one day at a time. You know, we know the end goal. You know, like you said, we want to win. Some, we want to win some playoff games, and we definitely had a personnel to do it. You know, they've been working extremely hard uh, as players. We've been working hard as coaches, and we definitely had a personnel to win some games. So. Just moving forward, you know, take it one day at a time and just continue to grow, continue to be the best team we can be every day. You know, every rep, we got to get better. So, 2,698 career yards. That's third all time at MBTHS. He is the current offensive coordinator. You, you still wish you could, you know, suit up and get back out there? You know, every, every now and then it <laughs> flashes across my mind. But, <laughs> no, man, I, I enjoy coaching a lot as well. So, you know, I think you ask, you ask any coach on the staff, we – we all would love to suit up at some point, but, you know, all right, Chris. We, we all would love to suit up, but, um, yeah, I think we all enjoy coaching, and we, we all bring something different to the table, and, uh, you know, we all have our different relationships with the kids, and, and that's really what it's all about right now, putting those kids in the best position as possible. It's like your mind says yes, but your body says uh-uh. Yeah, that, that, that's the main thing. My body, hey, I would love to get back out there. Then, then I take a look at my knee, and I'm like, ah. Yeah, I, I can sit this one out. <laughs> uh, Coach Brown, uh, very much appreciate it. Um, and uh, I guess, like I said, the, the only guys left are the Cybots. So, uh, you know, uh, just tell one of them to come over. But but I appreciate it. Good you. luck, all right? Thank you for having me. No problem. Bruce right. Brown, again, offensive coordinator with the Raiders as they get ready for St. Joe's in five days. Thursday night, 7 o'clock from Steve Lebro Field. The Raiders take on St. Joe's. And so we'll see what Coach Brown draws up. Uh, in terms of the offensive game plan. So we will take a break, and when we come back, one of the side pots, I think those are the only guys I have left, is Nick, John, and Mike. So uh, one of the side pots will be here uh, joining us. So we will take a break, and we will come back here to the Green Turtle of North Brunswick. Of course, this is Meet the Coaches Part 2, our second year of doing this, live from the Green Turtle in North Brunswick, New Jersey. We'll break. And we'll come back in just a moment with Raiders, uh, this special edition of Raiders Football on the King James Radio Network. Corbett Thompson here for the King James Radio Network. When I'm not at a game somewhere, you could very well find me in the studio as an audiobook narrator working on my next book from Audible. 
One of my best-selling narrations has been In Pursuit of Purpose by the late Dr. Miles Monroe, which takes you on a spiritual journey to discover what you were put here on this earth to do. One of my other top audios is How to Start a Business by Susan Kilmer, which gives you the A to Z on how to get started on being your own boss. Also available is Entrepreneurial Mindsets and Habits by James Moore, which gives you the right state of mind to be a successful business owner. And for those trying to slim down, we have Using the Best Tools to Fight Obesity, giving you a head start on losing that weight you don't want. You can go to audible.com or click the Audible banner at the bottom of the homepage of the King James Radio Network website to choose your next audiobook today. This is Hinkle dropping back, throws it, and intercepted! Alex Rossman! Alex Rossman from the 50 and down to the 43-yard line! Don't cross the Ross! Alex Rossman! Rossman was right there on the defensive line. Hinkle was trying to throw that pass to somebody, but Alex Rossman interceded. That was November 3rd last year. The Raiders played Woodbridge at home, and uh, Woodbridge was like down to their third quarterback, and uh, Alex Rossman, uh, a big member of the defensive line for the Raiders, uh, picked that pass off for his one and only career interception. Uh, Alex now at TCNJ. Uh, so, man, Nick Sidepot is one of the guys in charge, one of the like the ten guys in charge of the offensive and defensive lines for the Raiders. So Nick joins us here, and uh, I said to Nick, you know, I told, I said on Facebook, I, you know, I have to ask Nick about wearing these black sweaters in eighty some odd degree temperatures. You know, so you are, you are, a, you're a better man than me. I, I mean, I wear black because that's the colors of, of you know the station, but, but. Um, you know, you turn it into an art form. So uh, you, you say you're trying to lose weight. I'm not sure I'm uh, buying that. I like the black. It's slimming. Okay. <laughs> no, if you say so. No, no, no. If you say nah. so. Yeah, you show the kids mental toughness. Uh, you know, 90 degree weather, you're wearing a long sleeve. You know, you're like, yeah, it's not that hot. It's not well, that hot. Whatever gets the job done, exactly, I guess. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you and uh, Coach Viato, um, I know that you know, both of you guys work on the offensive and defensive lines. Right. Um, is it kind of, you know, floating back and forth? One handles one, one handles the other? Uh, I honestly, uh, last year I was usually with the defensive ends just because that was a position I played like my entire life. So it was more comfortable. Uh, my senior year in college, I actually got switched down to D tackle. So I knew a little bit about that, but Viata was mainly a D tackle guy and uh coach day, I think was a D tackle guy as well. But, um, and, uh, it, it depends. Yeah. We'll switch every once in a while just so I can show my face over with those guys. But, uh, yeah, mainly with the ends, mainly with the ends though for me. When you guys came in last year as a staff, you know, obviously there was a lot of rebuilding to do as far as uh, rebuilding the, the attitude and the, the morale of the team and the program. How much work actually went into that before you could get to the X's and O's? Uh, the first couple of meetings uh, are important. I know when we, um, when me and my brother went out, when we were... Well, two, Mike? Yeah, Mike. We, we have yeah, to clarify. Right. Yeah, yes, Mike, Mike. My brother, Mike. Yeah. Uh, our sophomore year into our junior year, it was like a culture shock when uh, Sal Mastretta came in, and it was that first meeting. It was like, wow, this guy means business. It was like something that we never saw before. And I think when Mike first came in, uh, we had that meeting, and it was like the same exact thing, like culture shock for these kids. They knew it was like the real deal, and the kids really couldn't hack it. They, you know, they got weeded out, and the kids who stayed, you know, they enjoyed a you know successful year going six and four. It's tough to, you know, and I was actually going to talk to him about this, but. Um, 
there are some guys that, like you said, you know, ended up getting weeded out who were good football players. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, just didn't, for one reason or another, didn't uh, follow the guidelines that you guys had set. Is, is that difficult when it you is. know when you know a yeah. guy has talent and you know it just doesn't work out? Yeah, it, it is. Um, I, I know. I have to say, my brother, my brother John. I know when he was going through, you know, Pop Warner and like going through. Uh, you know, early years in high school, they had so much talent, kids, and they just they don't they don't just, they don't just make it through. And uh, even when we played, we had kids who had talent like out the butt, and they just didn't make it through. So it's tough. You know, it's tough. You know, even this year, we had a couple guys that you know didn't really make it through. It's sad. You know, we try so hard, and you know whatever they got going on in their lives and things like that. You know, sometimes they just don't make it through. It's you know, we, we try so hard. You know, to keep them keep them you know with the team. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. So sometimes. You know, as good as they are, sometimes it's better just to have the guys that are there every day working hard. You know, working hard. Sometimes it's better to have those guys going into the you know into the games. The co- the commitment factor. Right. Yes. Now, I was talking to Coach Piatto about this. You know, with linemen, especially at this time of the year, uh, keeping guys hydrated. You know, with with fluids and different things. Uh, obviously, you guys spend a lot of time on that. Yeah. Um, there's usually a time during the practice when we have the individual uh, when we have our individual sessions. I usually give them a quick drink. But depending on the mood I'm in, I'll just be like, "All right, you're done. No, no more drink. Get back here. Let's go. We gotta work. We gotta work." That's you know, that is the hardest thing about being a high school football coach is that the time. There's so much stuff I feel like you have to get through. You know, if we had like a college schedule, it'd be awesome. There's football, you know, 24/7. But you know, the little bit of time that we have, you know, it's so you want to try to get in so much information before game day. Sometimes you just can't get to everything. No, typical practice is what uh, about two, three hours. Uh, during the school year, yeah. Uh, what is that? Three, uh, three to five thirty. Yeah, three to five thirty or something like that. Yeah, two to three hours maybe. And and day before a game, maybe you shorten it a little bit. Yeah, like walk through, just like get all the kinks out, make sure we're ready to go, and that'll be it. But yeah, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are usually like the hard hitting days, and then um, we usually have like the uh, walkthroughs and whatnot. Now you mentioned both of your brothers, Mike and John. Yeah. Uh, is there ever coming? I asked you last year who yeah. who was the first to lose it, and that would me, be you. Me. So did That's we? Why they put me up in the booth. So I stay away from everyone. <laughs> so so how many? No, I won't even ask you how many times, but were, were you able to at least uh, you know keep yourself together uh, you know for the most part last yeah, year? Yeah, you know, I think I matured over the years. <laughs> uh, the Perth Amboy game was tough, and Freehold, forget about it. Uh, that was. <laughs> I'm glad no one was standing by me on that one, but uh, well, well, free- nah, but like over the years, like when you first come in, I was kind of fresh out of college when I was coaching, so you're still like you feel like you're playing still. But over the years, you know, you settle down a little bit, and uh, you you know you're not really watching the game, you're really actually seeing what you're actually looking for. So after I, I've been coaching for almost seven eight years now, so you know the game's kind of slowed down for me, just like a player if it were slowing down for them. Well, I'm sure the freehold game wasn't easy. That was, um, I think I was staring out in the field for uh, like 20 minutes. I was like, did that really just happen? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I do, I want to see the, the poster you guys put up in the locker room with the one yard harder. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I do want to see that. So I'll get to, you know, when I come in uh, that's Thursday. Motiv- that's our motivation, for sure. <laughs> um, does it take, or, or, or was I should start with, I was mentioning you, you mentioned Mike and John. Were there times last year where maybe you were thinking one thing and they were thinking something else? Uh, we've been pretty good with that. Um, if we're all brainstorming, you know, usually if there's something going on in a game situation and, and there's like brainstorming involved, my brother or my Mike, uh, head coach Mike, he will we'll get everyone together and we'll kind of be like, you know, this is what we got. What do you guys got? And we usually uh, I'll try to all meet eye to eye. So. 
that's usually that, that's usually not a uh, you know there's been coaching staffs I think over the years that might have been tough you know like you know one guy was saying one thing one guy was saying the other thing but uh, I feel like we all been coming together and uh, meeting eye to eye with everything to try to you know get the best uh, you know the best stuff out there on game day. In terms of linemen um, and just conditioning in general, does it take longer to get those guys set than it might for backs or receivers? Um, you, know, you might have to take a uh, you know, take the weight factor into account a little bit. Does that does that take longer to, to make sure you yeah. know, those guys can go four quarters? Yeah, I mean, Miles is a, you know, he's six foot, whatever he is, 180 pound stud. Like, he runs all day, and I got Tyshawn Parson. He's, you know, 5'10, <laughs> 300 pounds. So it's going to take him a little longer. He's still, but I always tell them, don't try to get in shape in camp. Make sure you're in shape before camp. So, I, but my brother does, a, Mike does a very good job with, um, with uh, conditioning the kids and stuff like that. I think that's actually a very good factor for game day because, you know, a lot of the games we have this year could be coming down to the fourth quarter. But Mike does a very good job with the conditioning and stuff like that. But, yeah, it does. For bigger guys, yes, it, it takes them a little. I make sure I'm behind them during conditioning, like literally running behind them and making sure they're pushing all the way through. When you're looking at film, um, especially from a line perspective, is there something that you're looking for from your guys, or is your focus more on the other team? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, if I'm breaking down film on my guys, I just want to make sure they're reading their keys and stuff like that. You know, a lot of younger guys have a tendency to, like, run upfield, like, not reading the keys. Uh, I'm really big on that. We have a drill. It's called down-based reach because those are, like, the basic blocks. Uh, I'm making sure that they're reading those keys during the game. Um, and the other team, yeah, I'm looking at, like, maybe there's a couple things that they do here and there. They look out for it, maybe, like, tendencies here and there. But, uh, you know, we're looking at, like, the quality. You know, are they firing off the ball? Are they, you know, are they not that good of, you know, of a pulling team or things like that? You know, we're, we're looking, I'm looking at both sides, so. Your offensive line, uh, Angel Gonzalez comes back. He's more, you know, was the, 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 the senior leader there. Um, he's one of your captains. Uh, Amon Maiden. Tell me about your offensive line. All right, well, let me go down. I mean, our two tackles, Terrell uh, Pereira and Angel Gonzalez, are solid guys. Um, you know, Terrell has really bought in uh, from the winter time. He was really busting his butt in the um, in the. Uh, it was just good seeing him in the weight room, just like really going all out, and he'd be coming out of that thing like dripping wet of sweat. Like he would really bust his butt. And Angel is just like a solid leader. He's one of our captains, uh, well deserved because. Uh, when, uh, whenever he senses, even in practice, whenever he senses the guys, you know, not going 100%, he gets on them like, hey, guys, we got to pick it up. And we're not, I mean, there's a lot of times, this is the one year that a lot of the coaches aren't really have to keep yelling and screaming and trying to get the guys going because we got guys like Angel picking the guys up and things like that. And then we have, um, right now we have Jaron and uh, Ladjack, Jaron Douglas and uh, Michael Ladjack. Uh, big guys, you know, they're like 6'3", you know, 250, 40 pounds, something like that. Uh, they're still learning, they're still young, but they're, they're physical guys. And you got Amon Maiden, he's one of our leaders on our team. Um, we always try to uh, communicate, uh, we always try to talk about communication online. And he's like one of the main guys. And uh, I know Coach Viado will probably uh, back me up on this one, but he, uh, Maiden probably knows every position on the line. He's a very smart kid. And your defensive line, you know, you lose David Straminski, mm -hmm. and I was talking to Viado about this. Uh, you know, between uh, Straminski and uh, Samad Wingo, got have like 32 sacks between them. I know, and I, nice. and I, yeah, and I asked Coach Viado, you know, can you get, you know, Wingo comes back, but can you still put pressure on the quarterback? Uh, I think we still can. Um, we have. You know, I just tell the guys, just listen to what I teach you. Uh, you know, Dave was a special player, but, you know, I got guys like Amon Maiden and uh, Tyler Jordan. You know, those guys can still pressure the quarterback if they just do what I tell them to do, you know. Um, 
having 32 sacks was like, a, you know, it was like a sexy stat. But uh, I tell you guys, don't try to do what Dave did. Don't try to do what Samad did. I even tell Samad, don't try to do what he did last year. The sacks are good. Just do your job. And if we can stop the run, because I always say stopping the run is key. Uh, the sacks and the passing stuff, that's like secondary. If we can stop the run in high school, I think you can go a long way. So I said, don't be getting all like sack happy like that. But they are nice, believe me. <laughs> St. Joe's, you know, they have some different personnel this year, different quarterback, uh, you know, different uh, primary receiver, different. Um, I know you probably guys have you know, probably studied a lot to this point. Do you feel like if the game started 10 minutes from now, you're ready, or do you need these next five days? I think we're ready. I mean, anyone would want the next couple of days just because we're just starting to get the scrimmages just like they are with us. Um, you want to, you know, try to – you know, see what they're running at certain formations and whatnot. But um, I think mentally we are definitely ready, 110% mentally ready for this game. These kids have been ready since since uh, that last loss, for, you know, that unfortunate loss for South Brunswick. I think the kids have been ready to get back onto the field. So mentally, yes, um, and physically too. But um, the other mental aspect, I'm just saying, like, you know, with the X's and O's, you know, I think we need a couple of those days to see what they're running. I think that's any team, though. But I think mentally and physically we are ready, though. And... Just your general expectations for the season, and uh, I know as to a man in the coaching staff, obviously you want to get further in the state playoffs, but just a, 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 a kind of a general uh, what your expectations are. State championship. <laughs> What's that? State championship. Oh, state championship. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, you, 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 you fight through the uh, season. Uh, getting into the state playoffs is like, a, you know, just like any sport, baseball, football. You know, once you get to the playoffs, uh, which were, you know, we believe that we can get there again. You know, that starts a whole brand new season, and hopefully we can get further, you know, other than the first round, you know, and then we'll go from there. But we have, I feel like we have the talent and we have the uh, right mindset to go that far. Nick Sidepot, again, uh, one of the assistant coaches with the Raiders, offensive and defensive line, and uh, black sweaters trying to stay <laughs> in shape and, you know, just to show the guys that, listen, you know. And congrats uh, on the seven years. Oh, I'm, thank I'm you. I'm biggest fan. Don't forget that. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I don't, is that a good thing? <laughs> that's um, a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. All right. All right. Thank you. Right. Uh, but, but no, thanks for, for coming by, and um, good luck, you know, to you guys, of course, this year, and you know, I'll see you guys in the locker room on Thursday. Of course, but, of course. And, Can't uh, wait. Yes, and, uh, you know, so uh, I'll take your brother John next. And, um, you know, other than that, uh, good luck with the weight loss Thanks, thing. Thanks, Thank you. <laughs> all right, all right, no problem. Big side pot. And uh, so we'll see if we can get John in here, and uh, we'll talk to him. And uh, you know, so, and, and again, the expectations very high this year for this Raiders team. And, you know, state champ. I don't know if I want to say state championship or bust. I'll leave that to I – don't, I don't think anybody's going that far. But which with Petrillo as your senior quarterback, Bailey, you know, pretty much in his prime, uh, you know, now as a junior, you know, I think to a man, I, I think the time is now. It, it, like I said, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and tell you state championship or bust, but I do think the time is now, you know, for this team to to get to the next level. So we will take ourselves a break here, and we'll come back. And we will talk to, let's see, uh, I'm look, I told him, look for John Sipot. There he is. So we'll talk to John Sipot, and, uh, who is the assistant to the head coach. We'll talk to him. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll meet the coaches of Raiders football on the King James Radio Network. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037. So you can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. Something cool like that. I think Dave2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve2037? 
I guess I was thinking Steve2037 would just fend for himself. Well, all right, but don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots. You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Hey, let's just hope Steve2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. What a matchup! And what a team, Mike! Metro PCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive. Play with the best. Switch to Metro PCS and an unlimited LTE plan and get a 32-gig iPhone SE for $0. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax. Claim based on talk and text. Not valid for active numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro PCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. Six years of sheer futility. Will all come to a head and all come to an end in a matter of seconds. Petrillo will take the knee here. He'll take his time, let as much time run off as possible. And now takes the snap, takes the knee, and that will do it. Officially, the clock is at zero. The refs have signaled the end of this game, which means this game is over. And the North Brunswick Raiders... The Gatorade bath from Mike Saipot. The Raiders have won five straight games. And looks like they're heading to the Central Jersey Group 5 playoffs for the first time in program history since being in Central Jersey Group 5 back in 2012. That was October 28, 2017. The Raiders were in Perth Amboy at Albert G. Water Stadium. And Christian Petrillo taking the final knee to seal the victory and the Raiders clinching a state playoff spot for the first time since 2011 and the Raiders beating Perth Danboy that day behind four touchdowns from Petrillo the you know one of the coaches on the sideline that night was he is standing or sitting next to you know if he if he if he stands I might not be able to you know but uh, he is sitting to my left he is the assistant to the head coach he is John Sipot and he joins us here live at the Green Turtle in North Brunswick so Coach, uh, you know, when you think back to, you know, when you guys uh, clinched the state playoffs there in Perth Amboy, um, what, what goes through your mind? Um, it, was a, it was a good feeling because we felt like uh, when uh, my brother got the job, we felt we had a goal, and we had to achieve that goal, and it was uh, fulfilling to take over um, the program, take it over uh, pretty quickly last year. The offseason was very fast for us to turn it around. And uh, just that point there, it, it was good to share with the kids and the other coaches. Now, you were also an assistant coach when the program won the division, the GMC White division in 2003 and 2010. Yes. Are there any traits that you see, any characteristics with this year's team that are similar to those? I think this year, um, yes, all those teams had a great running back, uh, first and foremost. Uh, the solid quarterback play, but then there was that, like, uh, a vibe of leadership and a confidence that you could feel during practice, during the scrimmages that we've had, and uh, I, I think it, it definitely, it, I see what I saw back then in this team, and, and last year as well, but I see uh, 
the leadership, the uh, the skill, the running back, the quarterback, which is important in high school, and then just the uh, the team like liking to play together and the relationship that these guys have in the locker room. Now, you know, as an assistant to the head coach, and I, I probably talked to you a little bit about this last year as well. Uh, do you try to just kind of watch and observe? Uh, your equivalent, I would say, in a baseball term, would be the bench coach. <laughs> um, you're you're the eyes and ears uh, for Mike. So is it more just observing and watching, and then you know when you when you see something, you know, then you kind of see something, say something, yes. or, or or is it more involved in that? Um, yeah. So basically, uh, Mike still he is uh, obviously the head coach, which takes a lot of, uh, out of his plate in a game, especially in game and at a game during the season. But uh, he's also calling the defense. He's a defensive coordinator and a, uh, a head coach. So what I try to do is uh, look at things when he's calling defense. I try to look at things maybe that his perspective isn't seeing, like maybe time, maybe uh, some other things while he's, uh, you know, enthralled and calling the plays. Uh, his, his head is in the defensive. Uh, he's thinking, what's going on in the next play? What am I going to call the next play? What is the offensive coordinator going to call? Meanwhile, I can think about, like, hey, you might want to do this here or watch this, or they're beating us a little bit on the, uh, the slots running deep, just things that other people might not see or they see it, but it's good being the assistant head coach. Uh, and your brother is the head coach. I can tell him anything and not have to worry about his feelings getting hurt. <laughs> like, hey, we stink out of this. Let's do something different. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Is it hard? Uh, last year, uh, at this time last year, new coaching staff, and there was a lot of excitement, a lot of optimism around the program. Is it hard to match that in year number two? Is it hard to match uh, the, the raw excitement of a new staff? Um, I think... Uh, this year I think it's more exciting because the guys have been able to work with the kids in the weight room. They've had a full year with everybody. Last year we come in, I guess, what, May? Uh, maybe even a little bit later than that, maybe June. And you're, it was a whirlwind. Last year was a whirlwind from the first practice uh, in the high school to the end of the season. It was a whirlwind. Now we have, you have basically from December with these kids in the weight room, learning the playbook more, getting to know people better, get, everybody's getting to know each other. The coaches have... Uh, know each other's uh you know how to work together and stuff like that and i think this year it's always every year i think in in, in football and coaching i think it's always an excitement because it's a new group of kids the coaches sometimes change sometimes they move into different positions but it's always a, a new excitement just because there's so much there's new kids every year in terms of uh advanced scouting and whether it be film work or actually going to another game to scout an opponent how much of that are you involved in uh so basically yeah, we uh, the, the huddle system is what most of the high schools use now. So you get, um, we get so much tape, and it's at your fingertips in, in, in seconds almost. So as a staff, we usually will send scouts. They'll get back to us with what they have, uh, and then the game plan comes into play. So I kind of, I'll work with Coach Brown with the offensive game plan, and then I just kind of listen to what the defense is, and there's something I can throw in because I was a coordinator a long time ago for North Brunswick, but there's if I could throw in two cents about a couple things or, hey, maybe this looked really good or what about this, try that, I'll throw it out. If Mike uh, takes it, that's great. But as far as the offense goes, um, I feel like my expertise is in the pass game, so I try to help uh, Coach Brown with that, and if I see something on film, we try to exploit it. That's why you're uh, you're working with the wide receivers. Yes. Um, so basically, your most of your time will be spent in terms of the scouting. In terms, you, you'll be you know breaking down film with with Coach Brown or what yes. have you. Um, do you see yourself? You know, as you mentioned, you know you you're not afraid to tell your brother what you think. <laughs> so so more or less, you see yourself as that buffer um, where maybe 
you know, Mike is thinking one thing. Coach Brown might be thinking something else. You're the middleman. Yes. So uh, there's times in a game where Mike will say, let's run it, let's run it, let's run it. And then we're like, yeah, but we really see good things that we could pass against. So there's times where Mike will be, run the ball, the old school, you know, grind it, coach. Let's grind it, grind it. We're like, yeah, we could grind it, but there's 10 guys in the box, and we got uh, Manny Herrera out there and some other guys that can make plays. So we might be able to spread it out a little bit. Sometimes in games, you don't know how it's going to go. You might be able to, you might be struggling on the run. And I think what we had last year and this year is that we could actually pass the ball to open up the run for us. Who's right most of the time? Um, he could be right most of the time, I guess. But I am older, <laughs> so I have a senior experience, I guess, because I'm older than him. Ah, uh, <laughs> that neutralizer. <laughs> so I was again talking. Oh, I with, got my little guy here. Yeah. We'll yeah, go ahead. I'll turn your mic down for a second. Talking with John Sipot. And, uh, you know, talking Raiders football here with Meet the Coaches of Raiders Football here live from the Green Turtle in North Brunswick. And, again, talking to John Saipot, the assistant to the head coach, Mike Saipot. Um, have you ever had to make a decision where maybe Mike wasn't around, maybe uh, something came up and he had to, you know, go attend to something, uh, whether football-related or not, and uh, you were in charge? Has that ever, you know, come to that where you had to make a decision about something, whether it be minor, major, whatever? Uh, just, to, I mean, maybe a couple times last year with like a sub, if a sub was out, then he had to stay out or, Hey, we're going to, we got to take, you know, if we're winning big in the game, you know, he's thinking, you know, he's thinking full steam ahead where I'll be like, Hey, we're taking so-and-so's coming out. We got to get Chitch out of the game here. Miles has got to come out or, you know, stuff like that. He's fine with, he trusts me with that stuff, but usually I'll ask him before I do it. But if it is something that has to happen fast or like a timeout, sometimes last year he'll be like, why do we just call timeout? I'm like, we needed to take it because we have 12 guys on the field. And he's just like, oh, all right, we're fine. So he knows <laughs> that I have the uh, best interest in play. So that's mostly what it'll be, like a timeout in-game or something like, hey, you know, the stuff during practice, it's really not really an issue. But in a game, if we need a timeout, some, there's been, there was times last year I'll be like, timeout. And he's like, what are we doing? I was like, we needed it. He's like, okay. So I, now last year I asked you if you had a get-back coach. So this, so you, you said that, you know, there is no get-back coach. But so that, does that make you the timeout guy? Um, I definitely, uh, in-game, I'll chart our timeouts, the opposing timeouts. I chart penalties and the other team's penalties so that if we are if we have 10 penalties and they have none, I'll ask the ref if, they, uh, if the other team is making any. Uh, I, in football, everybody's holding every play. So if we have 10 and they have zero, I usually ask the ref. I'll tell Mike, hey, make sure you ask the ref. Sometimes he'll be like, just be very nice to the ref. I'm like, yeah, well, sometimes you have to tell them, hey, we haven't had a penalty for us yet. So stuff like that, I'll chart that, and then I'll chart you know, touches, make sure our guys are getting the ball enough and stuff like that. But, yeah. Now you got Miles Bailey the next you know couple of years here, um, and obviously you know Bailey has, has been outstanding for you guys. Do you feel like you have to? I don't want to say pressure, but do you feel like there's a window here to state championship is your goal? Do you feel like there's a window here to accomplish that uh, the next two years? I don't want to say I, it wouldn't be fair to say that you know you don't have anything coming after Miles, but. Do you feel like, as, as talented as he is, that do you feel like that the, that window of the next two years you have to produce a, a championship? I think with a guy like Miles, obviously it's a, a special uh, player. So during those years, you definitely just with him being there alone, you you're everybody rises up to the uh, occasion. I think a little bit more with a player like that. Yeah, he's here for two more years, but I think what he his work ethic and what he's showing these young guys, I think hopefully it just keeps turning over new leaves and young guys see it and they're like oh you know i gotta get in the weight room like miles miles was one of our number one guys in the weight room so it's not like he's just showing up and going out there with street clothes on and playing he's out there working hard in the weight room working hard uh first in all the sprints and they've got young guys following him and i think as far as running back goes there's a lot of kids that are lined up behind him there's some kids that are juniors that are pretty good that uh, on another team in the gmc they might be the feature back 
So we definitely have some skills this year. But I think, yes, you want to win when these guys are here, but you just never know because obviously it's a team game. One guy is not going to win it. I think this year, I think we have a lot of skills around him, and I think we have a lot of uh, playmakers on this team for the next couple of years. Uh, yeah, you've got, uh, you know, even you know, Coach uh, Mike was telling me that, uh, you know, Jaden Myers, freshman. Yep. Um, I'm not, I haven't seen him play. I've, I've now I've, I've done games with his older sisters. They played basketball at North Brunswick, so I've, I've seen them play. Mm -hmm. But I, I haven't seen I haven't seen him play. But Coach raves about him. Yes. And, and, you know, so it looks like you know you've got a pretty good future even after after Miles is gone. Yes, and uh, yeah, there is definitely talent coming. Um, I think kids are excited about it. They see how many kids have are coming up for the team. They see how much fun and, and hard work guys are putting into the weight room. I think they see uh, a guy like Miles who's getting recruited by uh, college teams. They see a guy like Samad Wingo who's getting recruited by college teams. You see a guy like Brandon Outlaw that has some of the uh, smaller level schools coming out to see him. You got guys that can play in college, Sean Berhaney. Um, so I think uh, when young guys see that, they get excited about it. And I think it's just a process starting from Pop Warner, coming up into the middle school and into the high school. So hopefully we can just keep it rolling. Do you you mentioned we talked about you know what your input is with with you know the head coach of course. Do you want to be more vocal, or do you want to take a step back this year? And uh, do you want to be more vocal? Or do you want to take a step back this year and uh, and uh, you know just let Mike do his thing? And you're like you know you know where I am. Call me if you need me. Um, uh, that's kind of how it was last year. I didn't really step uh, into that stuff, so I'll be the same person. I kind of I really don't fall back like that. I'll, I'll stay the same. Um, we all coach hard. We all coach to win. Um, I think he has a year under his belt as a head coach, so there wasn't he wasn't uh, I would say he's been coaching for 15 years, so I don't think he was raw uh, as far as coaching. But there's some little things that as a head coach that you might you know look past or stuff like that. But that's why I'm here. It's a benefit for him to have you know brothers and a good coaching staff like these guys that we all want to we're all on the same page. Everybody wants to win, but I think I'll I'll remain with the input because we kind of work together. There's times where he'll call me at night and say, hey. You know, I'm thinking about this tomorrow. What do you think? I'll just say yes or maybe not, or I'll throw in my two cents. And we're usually on the same page. Rarely will we go against each other. I mean, as far as like, oh, I don't really don't think so. I really disagree. We kind of always end up at least we'll finish in agreement. We might argue about stuff, but we always finish in agreement. Just like, you know, yeah, as kids playing games, and I always won, but then I had to, like, let them win once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so why do I think yeah. you might say something different? But, but because uh, in, in, in the in the heat of a game, uh, you don't have time to argue. You you got, you know, X amount of seconds, you got to make a decision, mm -hmm. and so obviously, you know, and so that may be where you defer to him as the head guy. Yeah, we definitely do, but there's times where he'll be like, run the damn thing, and I'll be like, quiet down, and then we'll, <laughs> and then we'll score a touchdown. He'll be like, all right, good job. <laughs> We're like, okay. But it's definitely quick. We know that we uh, – when we have a time to talk in between a touchdown or a change of series, uh, that's when we'll have our quick talk on the sideline. You'll see us get together. Usually we take the headsets off and we'll talk face-to-face. -face. We usually take them off, I guess, maybe to keep it away from all the other coaches. Yeah. I don't know. We just kind of do it. We'll talk privately real quick, and then well, yeah. that's about it. We'll talk about tempo. We'll talk about, hey, we got to speed it up here. we got to slow it down. Somebody's doing this. we got to do this a little bit better. We'll talk about that quickly and usually privately. Now, I haven't, I haven't you know, looked down at – you know, at the sideline to notice this or not. So I'll ask you, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Do you guys, I know you guys have the charts there. Do you guys, I don't know. Do you do like they do in the pros or hold the charts up and not, you know, try to have anybody read lips or anything like nah, that? No, we're not. I don't think other teams are that advanced. I don't know. Maybe St. Joe's. We'll see, I guess. <laughs> they might be lip readers. Um, but uh, we don't have that. We have our signals and we have our number codes. So that's how we uh, call in the offense. Defensively, Mike has his signals. He changes that up each week. Um, so it's um, it's a pretty good uh, sideline operation, and we tighten it up every year. We tweak it during the season to make it best because we want these kids to have the best chance to succeed. Is there something even now in the second year that 
you feel you guys can do that other teams are not expecting you to do? Uh, there is, but I can't obviously tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't necessarily mean. I don't necessarily mean specific plays, but okay. maybe uh, run the ball better than, than other teams might expect, or pass the ball than other teams might better. Than I them. think that we are going to be faster than other teams this year. I think you could expect a lot of speed. Uh, last year we were definitely uh, uh, a quick team, but I think this year we are very fast. Probably the fastest I've seen since I've been a coach. That goes 03 with Aaron Hicks, mm -hmm. Aaron Jackson, 04 and 05. And 2010 was a great uh, offense, but I think this year the speed is something that I haven't seen since I've been here. I was telling Pushon Brown, I was telling him that Bailey's, you know, Bailey's got a shot at 5,000 yards for his career, you know, in the next two years, um, and the record is 32.78 by Aaron Jackson. I mean, did you even think in your wildest dreams that, you know? You you would have somebody that could conceivably, if he stays healthy, reach 5,000 yards? Um, I think, honestly, you don't really think about that because I look back at those stats now and I'm like, wow, we had Aaron Jackson when I was the defensive coordinator. He was a heck of a runner. He was a heck of a runner as a sophomore, and he was a backup to Aaron Hicks. Uh, Aaron Hicks was running. We'd put Aaron Jackson in the game, and all of a sudden it was an 80-yard touchdown here, 80-yard touchdown there, and he was killing yards. I don't think you work. Stop. I'm talking. <laughs> Sorry. My Sorry. Friend Jake. No problem. Uh, <laughs> Um, so you, you'll see, uh, you look at the stats, like they, I know they have the all-time records and all that stuff online. You could you could see that. Uh, you see it, and you're like, oh, wow, he had that many yards, or he's, he's going to break that. You don't really play for that, but then when you get back and look at it, you're like, wow, this is pretty incredible. And actually, this year we actually have, you know, even Chich, if you look at the numbers, he probably will end up as the all-time passing leader in the history of the school. Let's see. All-time career. Mike Elko has 2,154 yards. Chich is at 1,281. So he would need almost 1,000 yards. 912? Yeah. Yeah, I wrote that on his locker. Okay. All right. So, so yeah. So. We have some goals. I think we could achieve it. I think he had 898 last year. And I think this receiving core is much, much uh, faster and uh, improved than last year. And uh, find my last question, and I'll let you get to your kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there well, what's the the expectation? Uh, just a general. You want to you want to go further in states, um, but uh, is there a general expectation? I think first and foremost, obviously, is the first game, St. Joe's. Uh, we want to uh, show people that we're uh, we're here and we're not going to leave. Yeah, you don't want to uh, leave that hanging around. No, man. I think uh, yeah, exactly. It'll be a thousand dollars in uh, ice ball, whatever that is. <laughs> um, you have uh, obviously division title, uh, obviously state playoffs, a state playoff win, and then once you win one, it's it's every you know you never know. You get in, you never know. That's the way we look at it. Uh, football is one of those games. You get into the playoffs, so the team can have injuries, other team might not. You might get into the next round, then you're a game away from Rutgers. So I think uh, with this team and their work ethic and the speed, I personally feel that. Uh, speed and athleticism uh, outweighs other things in high school football. I think big lines are good, but if you have skill guys, they're superior. I think they are kind of uh, are superior to those big lines that some teams might have. John Sipod again, assistant to the head coach, Mike Sipod, and uh, again, John will be down on the sidelines with Mike. Arguing. Arguing. <laughs> <laughs> well, nah. Starting starting on Thursday against St. Joe's uh, at 7 o'clock at Steve Lebo Field. So, John, thank you. Thank Corbin, you for, my for coming by. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Yep, and uh, good luck, you guys. All right, this year. All right John Sipod, and get your brother for me. Uh, and uh, so, we've only got one guy left, and that's Mike Sipod. And uh, so, we'll bring him aboard here, and uh, we'll talk to him. So, we will break here and come back with our final coach of the day, the head coach of the Raiders, Mike Sipot. This is Meet the Coaches of Raiders Football on the King James Radio Network.
Imagine your kitchen transformed like magic. That's what family-owned Kitchen Magic has done for more than 50,000 homeowners. Kitchen Magic, named the number one kitchen company nationwide four times by qualified remodeler magazines, is here to serve you. Kitchen Magic Refacing can save up to 50% over the cost of an all-new kitchen. Our experts will guide you as you choose from custom refacing, new cabinetry, or countertops, or a blend of options for the best value. Your kitchen will be completely transformed quickly and easily, like magic. Take advantage of Kitchen Magic's free design consultation. Call 855-733-2236 or visit kitchenmagic.com today to schedule your free in-home design consultation. Don't forget to use the code PB608. That's PB608 when you call. Call 855-733-2236 or visit kitchenmagic.com today. Don't forget, the code PB608 gets you 15% off of your purchase. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses. And you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. Ball back at the 25, Petrillo in victory formation. And he will take a knee. Does Carteret use a timeout? It does not look like they will. And that will do it. Mike Sidepot is in the win column as head coach of the North Brunswick Raiders. The Raiders defeat the Carteret Ramblers 13-6. Mike Sidepot getting the Gatorade bucket. Yes, the Gatorade bucket for the head coach of Raiders football, Mike Sidepot, as he got his first win against Carteret last year, last September, at Steve Lebro Field. And joining me, of course, sitting to my left, is none other than the head coach of the Raiders football program in his second year. Mike Sidepot joins us here live from the Green Turtle. So, uh, you know, going back to that Carteret game and, uh, you know, the Gatorade and the, and the, and the whole thing, what was uh, what were you thinking? You know, once that clock hit zero and uh, you got the first one. I'm only hoping I can get that on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it it was a moment where everything kind of came into one moment where you know you take the job, you know the tons of preparation that went into that season, hiring of the staff, um, you know tell you know asking the staff the way we have to do things and the way it should be and the way we have to change the culture and hoping that the kids buy in and you know starting 0-2 which that wasn't planned but you know I don't think it ever is no but I think that that and I, I, I we said it I think that that made us mature as a team and and see where we actually were as a team and then to get that win versus Carteret you know obviously it was special and will always be special in my career um so, you know, I'll always uh, remember that. And before we say anything else, I just want to say thanks to you, Corbett, for your years of work. And, uh, you know, these kids, is something nice for the kids and for the town and for sports. And, you know, it's a, sometimes it's a thankless job. But, you know, I, I think that you do a great job at what you do. And uh, we're happy to have you. And, you know, also thanking, uh, you know, Dr. Z and, Mike Neller and, uh, uh, you know, newly uh, appointed AD Sean Morrell. Without those 
uh, three guys in charge, you know, I, I, I might not be here. And, uh, you know, with their trust in me and this staff and uh, their faith in Raider football, I think that we're, we're heading in the right direction. My thanks to Dr. Brian Zakowski of the North Brunswick School Board as well and uh, new athletic director Sean Morell. Uh, I have not met Mr. Neller yet, uh, so hopefully that will uh, come in the uh, coming months. But um, as far as uh, this year, what grade? You played two scrimmages. You had your second scrimmage yesterday against Neptune. So uh, you're, you're a teacher. What grade would you give your team right now? Uh, based just on scrimmages and, uh, you know, what, what we were trying to accomplish in a scrimmage, obviously, you know, you know, you get the NFL preseason games going on, you know, you're, you're trying to get guys looks. It's not necessarily the first guys in the entire game, but I think the, to grade our energy and effort, I would have to say an A because that to me in these scrimmages, the most important thing is like when I walk out of these, you know, are, are we together as a team? Uh, are the kids excited? Are the kids happy for their teammates when they do something well? Sometimes those things are more important than the score. Um, you know, as an offense and a defense, you know, I, I, I have to be a pessimist in that because I'm not ever satisfied in what I see. But compared to last year, I think we're, we're definitely in the right direction. Uh, I think the offense is definitely a lot more uh, faster and uh, more in, uh, inept to what they're supposed to do on uh, offense defensively. You know, some of these guys have been running this defense for three years now with me. Uh, you know, like Sean Berhaney and Manny Herrera and uh, Miles Bailey. So it's almost second nature to some of them. So it, it, in, in terms of calling the plays and, and, and having the kids understand what we're doing, that seems to be a little more comfortable than I think it would have been last year. How much of that grade, because as a teacher you know, uh, you can grade heavily on a final exam or midterm exam. So I kind of look at your scrimmages as, you know, midterm exams. How much of your grade goes from the, the, the two scrimmages you had and how much of your grade is everything else? You know, the, the everything else sometimes is the most important thing. Everything else to me is all the practices. I think the practices have to, I mean, we, as a staff, we grade it uh, daily. Um, do we have a good practice? What do we need to work on? What group did great? What group needs work? Um, this staff, you know, again, I couldn't ask for a better staff. I mean, uh, if anyone wants to be a head coach out there, make sure you have a great staff because it makes your life a lot easier. Uh, these guys work, you know, time and time, hours and hours, and their job and uh, the position groups that they coach. And, you know, we meet as a staff, again, daily, and uh, we go over all that stuff. So, we are always on the call for what our position group is grade. You know, one day the linebackers might have a, a C, the next day I expect an A. You know, whatever mistakes we make in practice, I, I expect them for the coaches and the players for it to be fixed, you know, immediately. That's what makes the championship program is what we want to be. You know, if I'm sitting there and we make the same mistakes every day and we're like, yeah, we're okay with that, I wouldn't be a good teacher, let alone a coach. So, uh, again, we're always – we're always trying to get better, and we're always trying to get to that A, which, uh, you know, is the hard grade to get. Are there still spots, you know, in, in terms of uh, you're starting 11, are there still spots open that guys are battling for? You have a quarterback, you have a, you have a featured back, uh, but are there still spots that guys are still, you know, fighting for? Yeah. Um, I think there's, there's guys on the offensive line that, you know, that, that are – Certainly working to get into the uh, starting five. I think our receivers are kind of ever-changing. You know, we have at least seven or eight of them. 
So, you know, that I think that breeds competition, though, which, which again, I talk about championship programs. You have a bad day of practice. Hey, the next guy in behind you is just as good. So, you know, it makes you focused and ready for practice. So I think the receivers could be different every week. I think that the defensive line could be different every week. I think that the secondary could be dif- different every week. You know, some guys are kind of set in stone, like you said, but um, – with that competition, I think, breeds uh, success and uh, enthusiasm at practice and effort. And I think, you know, you, you have guys that you're counting on, like, you know, Brandon Outlaw had a couple of interceptions for you last year. It's the one in the Carteret game that, that won the game for you. Um, you mentioned Manny Herrera, who led the team in receptions last year. We've I've talked with already with all the coaches about Christian Petrillo and Miles Bailey. So you have cornerstones that you're, you're working with, and so it's just a matter of figuring out the rest of it. Yeah, like, you know, I expect, you know, the Chiches and the Miles, those guys are, you know, the Ace-8s, and, uh, you know, they're, they're the guys. They're the guys, and I think those other guys have to lead and follow their follow their lead, I should say, um, in terms of Manny Herrera and uh, the Sean Berhaney's and, uh, the, you know, the Leon Lowry's and the Brandon Outlaws. Those guys are maturing on the field. Those guys are maturing in the locker room. And, uh, you know, even just, for instance, yesterday – you know, we make a, you know, we drop a ball, uh, and who's the first guy to pat the teammate on the back is Brandon Outlaw. You might not have gotten that from him two years ago, but that shows his senior leadership. That shows his senior maturity, and I think that if if our senior group and junior group mature like that, you're going to see success. You're going to see the sophomores follow their lead. So yes, I, we have expectations for guys like Chich and Miles. We also have expectations like for Manny Herrera, for Sean Berhaney, uh, you know, for the new, for Chris Arnold, for Terrell Pereira. You know, those guys are starting to learn the system. They weren't really a part of the system. They were on the team, but now they're expected to come out and perform. So they uh, are learning from guys ahead of them that some of those guys are three-year starters. Now, when I was at the scrimmage against Delaware Valley, Delaware Valley, uh, Leon Lowry, a lot of L's, Leon Lowry, <laughs> um, you know, I asked your offensive coordinator about him and uh so tell me tell me about him leon is you know outside of the outside of the game leon's a great kid leon's quiet leon is his biggest critic leon is um uh you know always wants to he doesn't want to mess up he always wants to try to do the best and sometimes that he doesn't get that result and sometimes he does you know he's certainly a great target six four two hundred five you can't miss him so I know defensively we have some plans for him. I know offensively we certainly have some plans for him. Um, and, again, he has to know that he's going to fail. Uh, he's only a junior. You know, we have him for another year. So um, what he gets out of this year he can only get better from. But, uh, you know, I know Coach Byram and Coach John are on him every day. And, uh, again, he has a set of expectations. You know, catch the ball, make sure you block, defensively run the football, make the tackles that you need to do, understand the defense, where to line up. In terms of the the schedule this year, uh, some changes. Uh, you know, the realignment of the GMC. Uh, you know, some teams are out of the white division. Some teams come in. Do you like your schedule or no? I love it. You know, I, I think you know we're we're trying to teach competition and practice and and uh, you know breed that success. You know, what better way to learn where you are as a program and. and where you are success-wise than to open with teams like St. Joe's and Saraville. Those are the teams you want to play. You know, those guys have been great for years. That th- Those guys are the Goliaths of the GMC. Um, 
what better way to see where we are as a program than to play them? You know, those are the teams you want to play. And they're certainly the teams that you're going to see come playoff time. You know, fortunate that we make it. But those are the teams that you're going to be facing. So why not play them during the schedule? I think it's great. You got a team like Woodbridge and Edison, who I, I think traditionally are always tough and very good, always very well coached. You got a guy like Joe LaSala on the staff now. You know, they're going to be a lot like us last year new energy, new blood. So I don't think we have any easy games going into the season, but I think that makes for a good program that our kids are always focused and always prepared. Joe LaSala, new head coach at Woodbridge. As far as, you, you know, you got all of your division games right in a row there, uh, five in a row. Um, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, well, last year I thought it was good because we needed Chich to be healthy for a week. <laughs> we had that week off. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that doesn't really – it never really crosses my mind. You know, I, know, I don't take the schedule in the beginning of the year and say, oh, my God, we don't have a bye week. You know, this is our schedule. And, you know, we have to prepare as is. You know, we, we, we practice very hard. We practice very hard. There's no days off in our practices. You know, we're always hitting – we're always running. We never miss the conditioning. Guess what? You got to be prepared to play nine straight games. You know, we did it in 2010. We were in the state semifinals. So, I don't, you know, there might be years where you, you, you wish you had a break, and there's years that you're like, I wish we didn't have a break. My senior year, we had a bye week right before we played Wall in the playoffs, and, we, you know, we lost. So, maybe, maybe we got out of rhythm. Maybe we were off our normal routine, but that's why sometimes, hey, keep the course every game. And then uh, after, uh, you know, starting in the month of November, hopefully we're still in. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, 2010 is the last time the Raiders have played nine weeks in a row. You've had a bye week uh, at some point during the season, you know, you know, each year since. And so now this year uh, with the week zero game against St. Joe's, so now that, you know, that gives you nine straight weeks. Give me, you know, give me your thoughts on the new classification now. You guys are in South Jersey now, Group 5, no more Central Jersey, at least for the time being. Huh. Um, so give me your thoughts on um, – Oh, I, I'll I'll go ahead and uh, kill some time here. So, one of the one of the folks here wanting to meet Coach. Like I said, we went through this last year. He's a celebrity. Did people come up and just uh, you know and just uh, you know introduce themselves to to Coach Sipot? So, um, you know, I, I can stall for time a little bit for a second here. But uh, the Raiders now in South Jersey Group Five. Uh, their new classification, so they're bunched in with a bunch of teams from South Jersey, like Lenape or, you know, different teams. South Brunswick gets Lenape this year, but uh, just different teams from uh, the southern part of the state. So um, give me your thoughts on the, the new classification. In the, the My team. God, if I had stopped and thought about that, I would probably lose my mind. Um, <laughs> you know, Again, it goes down to we have to take care of what we need to take care of and then let the guys, you know, the powers to be kind of figure that out. You know, it's a heck of a group. I know that. You know, if we're fortunate enough to be in the top 16 and make the playoffs, you know, we're not going to be playing any cupcakes, that's for sure. So, uh, you know, again, we have to prepare as is. And, um, you know, whoever we get is who we get, and we'll prepare the best we can. you know, that's it. Yep. Uh, you know, I know you told me Chris Marr is your, your PowerPoint. He's school, my guy, man. So <laughs> he, he's going to figure all that stuff out at the, the, the end of the regular season. Um, back to, you know, does, you mentioned, you know, not worrying about what's going on with the state, but does the new division change any of your game plan or no? Uh, in terms of what? Uh, in terms of, 
like uh, our our GMC White division? Yeah, GMC White division. It, does it change you know, anything you do game plan wise? No, you know, you know, if we if we're you know if we're playing Edison next week, we have to prepare for Edison. If we're playing Woodbridge next week, we got to prepare for Woodbridge. Um, I think in the off season, I think it was a big uh, a factor on how we prepare. It's like, hey, listen, we're not playing. There's no, you know, we're not playing any gold division, blue division teams. So um, we have to, you know, we have to be ready to go. We have to condition as is. We have to lift as is. You know, we did, uh, you know, AM more, uh, winter workouts in the winter for three months. We put everyone on teams. We showed up 6 a.m. workouts. And uh, I think that dedication and, uh, you know, responsibility and accountability as is for the seniors, I think that's going to play a part when you play, when you're in a tight game versus a team like Carteret or Perth Amboy or East Brunswick. Um, I think that is going to take over. I think a lot of the games last year, our conditioning showed in a game where some of their guys were getting banged up. We were still going 100 miles an hour. I think that plays a part. Sometimes that gets overlooked by coaching. I think some coaches worry about the X's and O's more in that conditioning part and the physical part of the uh, game and the mental discipline part of the game. And I think that sometimes gets you over the edge, and that's the X factor. But your crossover game, you, you, you didn't – I'm trying to think. I don't think last year you didn't have any crossover games last year. It was pretty much, you know, all division. Um, this year you have crossover games. You got East Brunswick, for an example. Right. Uh, you know, Perth Amboy's in the red. Right. Um, St. Joe's is in the blue, which is a whole different discussion. Yeah. But, but uh, so you have – now St. Joe's, of course, you saw last year, and also uh, uh, Carteret. Carteret, Perth Amboy, you know, they're – you know, East, obviously East Brunswick is going to be new for us, New Brunswick. Yeah, that's what I was Monroe, getting Monroe, Edison. Monroe, yeah, that's what I was getting Cerebral, at. Some of the, I mean, we haven't played Cerebral in quite some time. Some but, of the teams you haven't seen in a while. You know, and, and that's I think that's the fun part of coaching. Those are the teams you want to play. Like, I, I loved seeing the schedule. Hey, man, we get to play Cerebral and Edison. I mean, oh, those are the guys you want to play. I, I love that we're playing New Brunswick, you know. Um, I, I think as a head coach, you see how, where competitively our players are, at, you know, we want to play the best of the best. And, um, you know, certainly if we want to make it to where we want to get to, you have to play that. Like I said, you have to play those type of teams. Um, it's always fun to play a different team that you haven't played in a while. So, uh, you know, we, we, we get a kick out of um, preparing for teams, and it's a different preparation every week, see what teams run. And, um, you know, I'm sure it's the same on the other side with them preparing for us. You mentioned – I know you mentioned um – the, the game you get asked about the most is the New Brunswick game because it's a very it's a rivalry you know close proximity uh, North Brunswick and New Brunswick are basically you know a couple of minutes apart and um, is it is it uh, is that a taboo subject with the with the players yes I know but because you have St Joe's but is that a taboo subject with the coaches where you don't want to talk about New Brunswick or anybody else oh no they talk about any other team I yell at them you talk about St <laughs> Joe's that's it that's the team that's the first team on schedule <laughs> no nah, um, well, you know when we get to it New Brunswick will be a fun game you know I, I I grew up around Hollywood Street right off of Livingston Ave I grew up there with my brothers my family um, you know Sunday mornings I used to hear that New Brunswick announcer say do you want a touchdown I, I, I you know I loved it you know we were right near Memorial Field so a lot of special memories there. I played some of my first Pop Warner games there. Um, so leading up to that game, yeah, that'll be a great game. That'll be a fun game, you know, for for the town, for for the coaches. I know, you know, Raheem's a big New Brunswick guy. Pushan, New Brunswick. You know, we, we a lot of the players know some of the kids, but obviously our focus is St. Joe's. But when we get to it, it'll definitely be uh, certainly a fun week.
Talking again with head coach Mike Sipot as the Raiders get ready for St. Joe's here in five days, Thursday, August 30th, opening night at 7 o'clock at Steve Lebro Field. We'll be on the air with our Raiders live pregame at 6.30 where we'll talk more with Coach Sipot about the, the actual the game itself and the opponent. Um, what are you expecting from your seniors this year? We, we're expecting a lot. You know, like you, like I said before, you have a guy like Christian Petrillo and uh, Aaron R. and Manny and Sean Burhaney. Some of these guys have been playing for three years. You know, we, we took our lumps as sophomores, but now they're seniors. They're a lot mature. They're, they're, they're bigger and they're stronger. You know, when the game's on the line, these are the guys that we're going to turn to and say, hey, you got time for you to make a play. These are the guys that are going to be the leaders if things aren't going right. You know, they're the guys that have to keep it motivated if things are going if things are going right. Um, so, you know, as a senior, there's a lot on their plate. And uh, for a team, you know, of certainly of this ability, um, we, we have to make sure we have cool heads and that we'll make sure that we focus on the job at hand. Obviously, it's going to be beating St. Joe's. Um, but, uh, I, you know, we expect them. We don't expect all the yelling and, uh, you know, the camaraderie so much to come from the staff. We want that to come from the senior class, obviously from the senior, uh, from the captains, but definitely from that senior class. You know, I want Brandon Outlaw to help out those young receivers. I want uh, Manny Herrera and Sean Brahaney to help out the younger linebackers. It's more than just like, hey, I'm a senior and I'm starting and I'm playing. You know, in the locker room, some people don't see the camaraderie and the stuff that goes on in the locker room that makes a team. And uh, they've, they've uh, you know, so far they've done a great job as that. You, you got the poster in the locker room that says one yard harder, yeah. um, which was based on the state playoff loss to Freehold Township. Tough to look at. 17-13, <laughs> Miles Bailey uh, got the ball there. And, and I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody in North Brunswick probably knew he was getting the ball. Maybe Freehold didn't. But um, that being said, do you have – I'll rephrase the question. I was going to say X Factor, but I'll rephrase the question. Do you have a guy – and I mentioned Leon Lowry a few minutes ago, but do you have a guy that – the other team is just not going to see coming. Uh, you know, obviously Leon. You know, we have a guy in, you know, with Remy uh, Berberena who's going to be in the mix on offense that people really don't have on tape. Who you know has four three speed. You know, we're going to try to isolate him. Uh, you know, and put him in space. Um, you know, we have a middle linebacker Chris Arnold, uh, who you know has done an exceptional job in camp, and uh, you know has North Brunswick roots. Um, certainly. Yep, I um, mentioned his dad. Yep. Yeah, and um, you know the Terrell Pereiras in the world, like those are some of the guys that, again, like I said earlier, like you have the Miles and Chiches, but what are those other guys going to do to help this team? You know, if I, you know, if I'm a defense, I might be keen on Miles, so we're going to have to um, rely sometimes on the the Mannies and maybe the Rammies and the, you know the Leons, the guys that. Might not so much be getting their names in the paper every day, but you better go make a play. I think Aaron R is a big example of that. Kid punts and kicks and does a lot for us. You know, Sean Brahaney plays a million different positions. He, um, uh, and he, <laughs> I, I went through this with John. So <laughs> he, um, those are the guys that sometimes get lost in the lost in the mix, but also guys that. Man, if we didn't have those guys, I don't know where we'd be. You know, Aaron R is such an X factor for us uh, in terms of kicking game, receiving, and uh, certainly being a guy on defense to give a guy a blow or play second safety. Uh, defensively, because you, you're defensive coordinator as well, defensively, um, 
I, offensively, I was talking with Pusha on offensively, you guys scored over 200 points last year, first time since uh, 2011. Defensively, um, I, and I asked Pushon if he had any benchmarks on offense that he wanted to accomplish, so I'll ask you the same thing as far as defense. Do you have any benchmarks or numerical goals or anything like that you want to accomplish defensively? Uh, since uh, being on a defensive staff back in 2007, uh, we, you know, I, I usually keep all the stats from those years defensively, missed tackles, home runs, home runs meaning plays of 20 yards or more. I really focus sometimes on how many missed tackles we have and uh, how many home runs we give up. Last year, we had way too many home runs. We gave up 33 as a team. That's certainly it's plays of 20 yards or more. Some of them were touchdowns. So we have to limit those home runs. Um, especially playing a kid like Jordan Davis, we have to limit those plays. We have to, have to, to be successful defense. Now, if you take that ratio of three and outs that we have, which I call strikeouts, we get more strikeouts and home runs, you're going to be in pretty good shape. If we if we take away uh, our takeaway uh, ratio from the offense, how many, how many balls do we turn over on offense opposed to how many takeaways we got on defense, I'm telling you nine times out of ten, if that – factor goes your your way you're, you won the game or you had a successful season and last year it was in that to our favor we were six and four um last year we had 71 missed tackles that was the least amount we've had in the 12 years of my coaching career and you know if you come to a defensive practice we work on it every day our angles to the tackle how you tackle make sure your head's out of tackle the safe way so we focus on all those things it's not like i just go out there and call defense and call the day like there's a lot of things that we take in consideration Obviously, limiting the big home run is uh, not a, uh, a big one for men. And then, uh, you know, finally, what's your message to uh, Raider Nation? What's your message to uh, you know a lot of you know some of the parents that are here today? Uh, you know, people that'll you know be uh, in the stands on Thursday. Well, what's your what's your message to the fans? <clears throat> this this team has a very good energy. This team is very fun to watch. Even if you weren't a football person, you know, you come out and see the excitement that these kids come out on the field with. You know, you can come see a Miles Bailey who's getting recruited to some Big Ten schools. I mean, we haven't had a guy like that maybe ever in school history, but we certainly have guys with big college potential, a kid like Samad Wingo coming off the edge, a guy like Chich Petrillo who can kind of do it all, a guy like Sean Berhaney who is, you know, to me the epitome of a Raider football player, always doing the right thing, being reliable, um, uh, you know, always uh, in the right spot at the right time. You know, seeing the, you know, the flashiness of the Brandon Outlaws and the Aaron R's, and um, you know, certainly the Leon Lowry's and the Tyree Geestons. Um, seeing the physicality of the Angel Gonzalez and the Terrell Pereiras. I think if you're a football kid in town, I wouldn't miss a game. You, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna enjoy being at the games. You're going to learn a lot watching the games, and you're going to have a lot of, a lot of fun doing it. And uh, not just for the first game, but, but, but for the whole season. You know, it's been, a, it's been a while in this town where success has kind of hit that football field. And uh, I know for, for, next, for this year and uh, you know, hopefully for the next couple of years, we, we keep that tradition. And uh, I hope that we turn the tide, and I hope we get to see the alumni out on the field and family and friends come to the games and make it a Friday night tradition that they come to North Brunswick play football. I was, I was talking with John about the, the fact you got Bailey for another two years and, uh, you know, that first of all, that he could actually eclipse 5,000 yards when the record is 3278. That's one thing. And then the other thing is um, 
as far as uh, I lost my train of thought because I was thinking about 5,000 yards <laughs> and uh, you know how astounding that would be in and of itself. Um, but uh, the thing that I was uh, oh th about the window, um, you have him for two more years, and um, the I was asking John, do you feel like you have to win a championship within the next two years? And uh, so I'll get your thoughts on that. Um, depends what night you ask me. <laughs> if, if you're at, if you're at my house, my, my poor wife, she said she knows that you know, obviously bringing home a championship is you know a dream of not only me but for the town of North Brunswick and for a lot of guys on the staff and most importantly the, the kids who you know are thriving and trying to get to that goal. It is not easy. I'll tell that to anyone. Winning a state championship in football is very very hard, very tough. Um, accomplishment. We certainly have the tools and talent to do it this year, and if not this year, next year. But uh, again, we have to take it one game at a time, and uh, our focus is on St. Joe's. And you know, obviously, the light at the end of the tunnel is you know holding up the championship trophy. I don't necessarily think it's a loss if you don't get it. Um, you know, I've seen. You know, speaking of North Brunswick football, I mean. Coach Libro's first, you know, 10, 15 years, he never had a losing season. To me, that's a winning program. To me, that's a successful football program. You know, he didn't win any state championships. Was he in the playoffs? Yes. Was he in the state championship once? Yes. Was he in the playoffs more than once? Yes. So, yeah, that's something to be proud of. Obviously, we want a state championship, but I don't think it's a loss if we don't get it. Um, hopefully, these kids get life lessons out of this and come – to be a successful businessman, um, maybe one day work for you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe, you know, be great, you know, fathers one day and uh, husbands. And, you know, that sometimes is more important than the outcome on the field that these guys call you 10 years later and say, thanks so much for what you did for me, coach. And, you know, that bond that you always have forever. You know, I've, I've been coaching. I coach in North Brunswick. I coach in Metuchen, I coach in Immaculata. I have kids that I coach from there that I still talk to every day. And sometimes that's the most gratifying thing in this job is that you have a bond with that kid that you went to battle with them. And now you can help that kid out on being successful and getting a job and having a family. I could always use an analyst, you know, whenever uh, you know, whenever these guys are <laughs> if done. If it doesn't work out with me, I'll join you. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds good. So I, I think you're fine, though. I think uh, you'll be here for a while. Again, the head coach. Here at Raiders Football is Mike Seipot again uh, joining us here at the Green Turtle as we meet the coaches of uh, Raiders Football. So thanks for the idea of uh, Raiders Football, you know, part two. Uh, that was the text that you sent me. Yes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I, I said before, I when I go back and I see how many people listen to the first one, I, you know, it blew me away because I, I you know, it was a new coaching staff. They had just, you guys had just come off of five years of one and two win seasons. So I wasn't sure how many people would be all that interested. I don't, I don't know if they're tuning in to hear me. I'm, bo I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'll, give, I'll give you the same answer. I, I'm sure they want to listen to Raheem and Pushan. They're the fun ones. <laughs> um, no. They all come to see you, though, at the table here. So that, that tells me a lot. I have to embarrass my wife because uh, she's been – you know, part of this for 12 years, me getting up in the morning and bothering her and telling her, see you in November, because uh, I know it ain't easy for her. But, um, you know, my wife, thank God, she has to deal with my, uh, you know, she's the most, she's a very patient saint to deal with me through football season. And she knows not to talk to me on a loss and she knows to uh, let me enjoy the wins. But uh, she has the know, flow chart. Down. She, yes, she knows it. 
she'll roll her eyes at me when I'm, uh, out, you know, I'm out of control and I'll know when to stop. But, uh, you know, she's she's been great through it all, and uh, certainly it's not easy for her to put up with me. And, uh, you know, my two kids are enjoying the ride too, and I'm, I'm glad they're a part of it. And, you know, thank God that she's uh, – Again, a patient saint dealing with me uh, during these football seasons. <laughs> does she ever, does she ever like get you know, criticize you about a play call? Um, she, she sometimes will say, "Why did you do this and why did you do that?" And I says, "You wouldn't understand. Don't talk." <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, she. I, I teach her. I teach her ropes. Hey, listen. There, there's a year where I, you know I might have been scrambling. She she would draw up the, some of the play, play cards for me. Oh, really? So I'm like, listen, you got to do it. I got to teach you the ropes too. Okay. So if I there's a spot defensive uh, back coach or a linebacker coach, she she would know what to do. I would, I would bring her up. Now in turn, does that mean you have to learn how to cook or do laundry or something? Or? Oh my God! If I she's a hairdresser, so if I had to learn how to cut hair, I would try to do. Uh, yours or Paul Day's because it would be an easy <laughs> <laughs> Take the easy way out. Uh, again, Mike Slypot joining us. Uh, so I'll see you Thursday. And, um, you know, of course, uh, good luck to you guys this season. Thank you. And, you know, thanks to you guys and the, and the Touchdown Club for having me here. And uh, I look forward to it. Can't wait. Hey, we'll be ready. Absolutely. All right. All you right. got it. Yeah, thank you, sir. So, again, uh, that's the head coach, Mike Slypot. And, again, you know, one yard harder is – the, the mantra, the, the theme, if you will, uh, for this Raiders team, you know, for this, you know, coming this season. And, uh, you know, quarterback Christian Patrol, I see him sitting over there. Um, you know, this is, I said before, you know, when uh, John was, you know, after we talked to John, that I think to the coaches and to the players, I think now is the time. You know, I'm not saying state championship or bust. I don't think I would go that far, but I think now is the time where not just to win a state playoff game, but to to go further than that, to, you know, get to a sectional semifinal or a final. And even if you, if you don't win the final, you know, you still had, I think you still accomplished what you wanted to do. And uh, so I think that's where the side pots and, and the coaching staff are at. So that will take care of business here for our Meet the Coaches, our second year of Meet the Coaches of Raiders football on the King James Radio Network. And so with that, our next broadcast of North Brunswick Raiders football will actually be North Brunswick Raiders football coming up five days from now, this Thursday night, August the 30th. We will be at Steve Lebro Field at North Brunswick Township High School when the North Brunswick Raiders will take on the St. Joe's Falcons for the third straight year on opening night. St. Joe's has won the previous two meetings. The Raiders will you know, try and push back a little bit here. So just to give you the schedule real quick, I have it in front of me. North Brunswick will, let's see, I, I pulled the schedule out here in front of me. And I'll tell you guys, in case you don't have it in front of you, I will tell you guys what the schedule is for this season, especially for people that want to come out to uh, the high school and come out to see the, the home games. So the, the on August 30th, of course, the Raiders will be at home against St. Joe's to start the year. Uh, eight days after that, Friday night, everything else after, after the 30th, everything else is Friday. Uh, all the other games are on Friday night at 7 o'clock except for, you know, that one. So St. Joe's on August 30th, uh, it, it's off. I can't, I can't hear you. But um, so St. Joe's, the, when you become a coach, you you sit right here. Yeah, but uh, St. Joe's um, on the 30th, 
Sayreville, it will be Friday, you know, September 7th. And then the Raiders will play their first away game at Edison on September 14th. And then, you know, on September 21st, North Brunswick will head to Monroe to take on the Falcons. And then uh, after that, September 28th, the Raiders will be at home against Woodbridge. It's not on. It can't hear you. <laughs> but um, the 28th, September 28th, the Raiders will be on against Woodbridge. And then uh, after that, North Brunswick will head to New Brunswick to Memorial Stadium to take on the Zebras. And then the following week, oh, let me do this real quick and get out of here before my battery goes. Uh, that was October 5th against New Brunswick. October 12th, the Raiders are at Carteret to take on the Ramblers. And then October 19th, the Raiders have a crossover game against Perth Amboy to at North Brunswick Township High School at Steve Lebo Field. And then October 26th is the regular season finale. It is senior night as the Raiders will take on East Brunswick in another crossover game. So, all right. So my thanks to all eight coaches here today from North Brunswick for, you know, being with me. Here this afternoon from the Green Turtle. Ah, Joe DePayne is here. Yes, Joe DePayne. Um, you know, I, if, I, if I had more time, I'd probably put him on. But he is the uh, ambassador, if you will. Joe DePayne, he is the, the ambassador, if you will. To And maybe we'll have him on uh, at some point during the season, Joe DePayne. Uh, he is the ambassador, if you will, for the Raider football program for uh, Pop Warner and the middle school. So maybe, you know, at some point during the season, we'll have Joe DePayne come on uh, to talk about that. But until Thursday night. This is Corbett Thompson saying goodbye. Godspeed. We thank you for listening to this special edition of North Brunswick Raiders football live from the Green Turtle in North Brunswick, New Jersey. Uh, by the way, my thanks to Dean and Blair Petrillo and the MBTHS Touchdown Club. My thanks to them. Uh, you know, always a pleasure working with them. And so, of course, look forward to working with them throughout the course of the season. And uh, so, again, my thanks to the Touchdown Club. Uh, for their hospitality, and also my thanks to the Green Turtle as well. We'll talk to you Thursday night, and until then, you folks, have a good night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.